0: I mean, you could like go back.
1: No, it's fine. We already started. (laughs) (laughs) Totally fine. It's all good. Hello and welcome to another episode of Turn One Soul Ring, the podcast where we talk about the commander format and all things Magic the Gathering. I'm Kevin Smith. And I'm Eric Grenfell. Today on the show, we'll be talking about the cards in the upcoming magic set War of the Spark that we think will make a splash in the Commander format. But before that, yet again for the third time, they're going to be doing a Mythic Edition for this standard set. So it'll be War of the Spark, Mythic Edition. And the cards in this um, set, well if you don't know what the Mythic Edition is, it's a special booster box. So it's the normal 36 packs, but eight of the packs have one premium Full art. Well, it's not full art, but they're borderless. Borderless,
0: yeah. Foil cards. cards,
1: and they're uh, most of them are reprints, but some of them are cards in the War of the Spark set. Correct, yeah. So some of the big reprint cards that we have here are Jace the Mind Sculptor and Ugin the Spirit Dragon.
0: I have to say, both these cards are heavy hitters,
1: and both see. Um, modern and Commander play.
0: Both of them do, yeah. yeah. I initially, the only reason I had an Ugin in the first place was because playing Commander, and that card is real cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't, uh, b- besides something like this, some kind of supplemental product, I find it hard to believe that we'll ever see Ugin or Jace reprinted in a standard set. I just think oh, they're ever. they're way too powerful. Yeah, so this is the only time
0: we're going to get, like, different stuff here. And these arts, I'm actually really into the art of both uh, yeah. Jace And Ugin.
1: Yeah, very cool.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, Jay's seeing um, play in some, like, control modern decks as well as uh, some, like, commander. He's still pretty decent value in commander as well. Um, And then Ugin we have in the Tron decks, of course, in modern. And then... uh, He's also just a real good card for commander. You can just do some board wipes and like...
1: Yeah. If you're playing an artifact deck or a Eldrazi deck, oh, yeah. you know, like you're you want Ugin in your deck because that is a one sided board wipe right there. Comes into play with seven loyalty. You know, it, sometimes if you have to, you just minus seven and everything that has one or more colors is gone. Gone. Uh, and they're exiled too. So any kind of <laughs> indestructible effects, don't Sorry. worry about it. Gone. Exile is the keyword you want to be looking for on removal spells.
0: You want it back from a graveyard? Nope. It's exiled.
1: <laughs> <laughs> does it have a color? Nope. <laughs> it's gone. So we have uh, we also have Tezret the Seeker and Garrick Apex Predator as reprints. So does... Uh, Tezzy sees a, a bit of commander play in a bit. artifact decks.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I have one. I do like that card a lot. Yeah. It's just a great tutor to get some stuff out of your deck.
1: And he also, the untap up to two artifacts for plus one, that's also a, a ramp effect. Like I see that as a yeah. ramp effect, right? Because if you're untapping... Um, Mana Rocks. Mana Rocks. Talked about. Or if you've already attacked, like it can be a defensive yeah. effect if you, yeah, have, yeah. if you have artifact creatures. Um, so this new Gideon, um, we can talk about him now, or we can talk about him when we get to the Planeswalker part of this episode. Um, but uh, I haven't really looked at this card too much. Do you want to? Yeah,
0: yeah. We might as well talk about him now. Yeah, let's, let's talk, talk about, about here him the Mythics. So, yeah. um, so Gideon Blackblade, um, this guy is a Planeswalker. He's one of anything and two white. Um, as long as it's your turn, Gideon Blackblade is a 4-4 human soldier creature with Indestructible, that's still a Planeswalker, um, prevent all damage that would be dealt to Gideon Blackblade during your turn. So, the first thing we're seeing with the War of the Sparks set is that a lot of these Planeswalkers have a, just a static ability on them.
1: And they all do.
0: All of them do. Yeah. And this is the first time we've seen Planeswalkers with a static ability.
1: So we're probably going to see more in future sets. They could definitely
0: do that. I would see it being a continuing thing. hmm Um, So the thing that's really interesting about Gideon here is that his static ability is his plus abilities on a lot of his cards It is yeah, so instead of having to use up your turn with one of his abilities. He just is that always
1: (laughs) Which is very powerful. I I think
0: it adds a lot of power to the card definitely Um, And then so we had he has two abilities, which is also different for the other mythic rare um, planeswalkers
1: Right, they have, have three abilities have and three a static ability. And a
0: static, yeah. Gideon himself only has two abilities, and I think his static ability is just real good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for the plus one, up to one other target creature you control gains your choice of vigilance, lifelink, or indestructible until end of turn. And then for minus six, you can exile a non land permanent. Um, getting to that minus six, I think, is going to be a little bit tough.
1: Yeah, that's usually not what you're going to be doing. But no. I mean, this guy for three mana, four loyalty, and that static ability, um, and that that buff ability on another creature, he's definitely going to see standard play. Oh. I don't know how much commander play he'll see. Yeah, unless you're doing like Gideon Tribal. Yeah, but
0: so like in in commander, which we talk about a lot, obviously he won't be as played. Um, but I have to say, like this card is going to be in standard, hands down. Um, it's just way too much value for what you're getting there. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm kind of excited to maybe, like, play this guy a little bit because the static ability is just so good.
1: <laughs> yeah, because, uh, you know, Eric, you play a lot of Arena. Right? I do actually play a lot of Arena, yeah.
0: yeah so yeah. Um,
1: once this launches, uh, i be getting myself some Gideons and uh, smashing in there. <laughs> yeah, as long as you have enough, uh, what, gems in the vault? Uh, I don't know how the economy works. <laughs> 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 um, no disrespect to Magic Arena, I think yeah. it's a great. I think it's a great game. It just doesn't run on Mac, so uh, a little salty. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, a little it's, bit. Yeah, fair. <laughs> I am a little salty. It'll come. It'll come. It will be. Yeah. So they uh, we we already talked about Ga- Garrick Apex Predator. I mean, we didn't really talk about it, but you know it. I you know it doesn't see a ton of Commander play. Um, I don't know. if It sees a lot of play in any format, if any format it any would format. it would be Commander. I think but, his
0: place is Commander. Being a seven-cost Planeswalker. Yeah,
1: he does have four abilities.
0: It does, yeah.
1: But, um, yeah, I think the price tag on him previously was more to uh, scarcity than um, how much play he saw.
0: And he'll still be scarce.
1: Yeah, he yeah. will be. So we're also getting a Nahiri the Harbinger reprint and a Sarkhan Unbroken reprint. Um, and do what formats do those cards see play in?
0: um the one so from all of these cards the one i have to say that is the most disappointing is probably the Sarkin unbroken um i think he does see some commander play but i from playing at card shops and playing in our play groups yeah i don't i've not seen anybody use this guy
1: (laughs) i've never seen it um you know i knew it was a card but i yeah it's there there are other sarkons that are, are are more playable
0: you know? Exactly, yeah. Like because he you're five mana for four loyalty and then minus two just to get a four four token, like that's not to
1: protect himself. To protect yeah.
0: himself, like that's not mm-hmm. a very good value, I don't think. You can do a lot more with the mana on
1: turn five. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And like his his ultimate ability, which is minus eight, search your library for any number of dragon creature cards and put them onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. You know, that's a powerful effect, but you have to have him. Alive for five turns. Yeah, you know, unless you have uh, pro- Other proliferate effects.
0: You know, um, but this card is also home in a dragon tribal deck.
1: Exactly. How
0: many of those are gonna have proliferate to do something? You know, as well? like, like
1: counters are not a common thing in in dragon decks. They're already so big. You don't. You're not worried about counters. Exactly. You know? So.
0: He just seems really, like, misplaced and, like, it's just not a very valuable guy.
1: Yeah, I wonder if if in his day he saw very much standard play. Yeah, that's an interesting um, question because I was not... I wasn't... No, I wasn't. No, I I think that was during my off time. Mm -hmm.
0: So... Uh, Nahiri, though. Nahiri saw um, modern play.
1: That was the Nahiri from Shadows Over Innistrad, right? You
0: got it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like... This is an interesting reprint. I actually do like the art here. I have to say on um, all of them, the art's great. Uh, Sarkin with that dragon behind him. Looks pretty cool.
1: The, yeah, they really <laughs> stepped it up with this art. I feel like the art for um, Ravnica Allegiance was a little lackluster. Yeah, I just was not into
0: it at all, and I was just like, m- in the wind.
1: Meh. Yeah. 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 This is a pass for me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, and the hero is really interesting because we did see, like, she doesn't see play right now. Um, but the, the main reason you'd use this card, like, she does loot for you for plus two. You may discard a card if you do draw a card. Um, or I should say rummage. Rummage, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um,
0: but then the uh, you can minus two to exile a tapped uh, enchantment, or any enchantment, or then tapped artifact or tapped creature. But basically people are playing her to plus two to get her to the eight loyalty to search your library for an artifact or creature card, put it on the battlefield, and then shuffle your library. It gains haste. Return it to your hand at the beginning of the next end step. The popular creature to grab from this would be the Big Mama Eldrazi.
1: Emrakul, the Aeon's yeah. Torn. Mm-hmm. So you don't get that cast trigger where you take an extra turn, but you do get that Annihilator 6, Ooh, Flying yeah. Trample, 15-15. And
0: it gets haste, so it's attacking right away that turn. So That's
1: right. And then it comes back to your hand, and, you know, you probably don't have the, what is it, 15, 15 mana to cast <laughs> to get that cast trigger, but still, you've already pretty much taken care of all their permanents. By that point, you know, you're playing this in modern, er everything's gone. Everything's
0: gone. And 15 damage is a lot.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, when are they going to bring back Annihilator, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Never. (laughs) I miss it, though. (laughs) God, that was great. (laughs) The last one. Well, Rise of Eldrazi was quite a grindy, um, limited format, Mm. and I always enjoy a good grindy, limited format. Dominaria was also quite grindy.
0: It was, yeah. yeah. But even, like, people have saying, like, Dominaria was one of, like, the best sets we've had recently, so.
1: Well, I think they're trying to top it with this one.
0: Yeah.
1: And then the last card we want to talk about for this Mythic Edition is not a reprint. It's Nicol Bolas, Dragon God. And I got to say, the art on this card is very old school. And yeah. I love it. Like, even older than when I started playing. You know, this is very, it's like, it's almost like crayon. Yeah, pretty uh, much. It's, like... it's very, very cool. It's kind of like a,
0: it is a nice mix of old and new because it is like the borderless card art. But yeah. It is still like a very like older style art, which looks really cool.
1: Also, they didn't have planeswalkers back then.
0: No, they didn't. No. <laughs> um, yeah, we might as well talk about this guy since we're here yeah, as well. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Nicol Bolas, the dragon god. He is a total of five CMC uh, one blue, three black, and one red.
1: I feel like he should cost more. For what Possibly, he does?
0: For what he does? I think so. <laughs> this card, uh, I do have to say myself, I didn't notice that he was only 5 CMC. <laughs> I was like, wow, is he good. Um, so, Nickel Bolas, Dragon God, has all loyalty abilities of all other Planeswalkers on the battlefield.
1: So, not just yours, everybody's. Everybody's. Yeah.
0: That's pretty cool.
1: Whatever I want.
0: Yeah. Now, any any commander deck that I have Grixis in, uh, this guy's going in there. Yeah, just slot him in there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, and with 36 Planeswalkers getting printed in this set, we're probably going to be seeing a lot more Planeswalkers on the commander battlefield.
0: Yes, we definitely will. Um, so the one thing to mention is he has all loyal loyalty abilities of all other Planeswalkers, so he doesn't get the static abilities of the new Planeswalkers in the set. Right. Yes. Yeah. That would, that be, would be even uh,
1: He'd probably <laughs> have to cost one more colorless <laughs> mana for <laughs> that ability.
0: <laughs> Only one? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, his abilities are um, so. For the five mana, he comes in with four loyalty. You can plus one to draw a card. Each opponent exiles a card from their hand or a permanent they control. Wow, <laughs> this is just pure card advantage for plus one.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. 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 No, if 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 they don't have any cards in hand or any permanents, then you know they're not losing anything. Oh yeah. So. Um.
0: And this is, I think, like it does hit commander where it says each opponent, which is really nice. Yeah, um, But I think you will see a lot more value of it in standard or maybe even modern. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. yeah. Five is a lot, but five could be your top end. Um, but uh, yeah, because if a lot of times in those formats, people don't have cards in their hand. So they're going to have to exile a permanent on the battlefield. And that's when you're getting the more value from the ability.
1: And when you get to that point in a game in the modern format, you don't often have that many cards left in your hand. No, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: So you're going to have to get rid of your permanents on the battlefield.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Um,
0: we can minus three, and we can destroy a creature or planeswalker. Sweet. Any problem on the battlefield? Get rid of it. Get gone. Uh, and then the minus eight. Each opponent who doesn't control a legendary creature or planeswalker loses the game.
1: I, you know, I I know that a lot of people are going to disagree with me about this, but I really enjoy cards that have that effect, where it's just like you either lose the your opponents have to lose the game, or mm-hmm you win the game. You know, like Lab Maniac, where mm-hmm. if you draw a card from an empty library and you would lose the game, you win the game instead. You know, I just... I really like cards like that. And if you can make them work, then I think you you deserve to win.
0: And I, I think I can kind of agree with you because, like, these cards take some building
1: around. Absolutely. No, yeah. it's, you know, it's not just, like, it's not easy to get to... Um, to to eight loyalty. You know, that's five turns doing it honestly. Yeah. And then, you know, all the proliferate effects, you can get there earlier, but, you know, how much earlier, right? You have to have, to get there on the same turn, I guess you'd have to have a doubling season. Yes. But then you're running green.
0: Then you're running green. (laughs) So I'm in four colors.
1: (laughs) And then you have to, you know, no one has a legendary creature or planeswalker. You
0: have to deal with that as well. So, There's a lot of stipulations to go by, so I think it is a fair ability. Um... That's pretty powerful.
1: <laughs> I and I think most of the you win you win the game effects are pretty fair abilities. Like even a card like Felidar Sovereign, which is like four and two white for a creature, um, uh, it could be a four six. And if that that was a card that was printed without commander in mind, mm-hmm. even though the format already existed by then, I think it was um, well, it was reprinted in Battle for Zendikar, and it reads that if. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you have 40 or more life, you win the game. But in Commander, you know, that's three or four turns before your next upkeep. So unless you can cast that card at instant speed, which you probably should, you know, your opponents, if they don't deal with it in three or four turns, you know. Then you just win. You just win. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's four people, that's four hands. They should have something that can deal with that creature you know, that.
0: But it is sometimes when a creature like that is seems a little unfair in Commander because you're like, well, you start with 40 health already. You don't have to do any life gain stuff to get there. You're also thinking it is six mana for that guy. You should do some combat in the beginning.
1: You should do some combat. Yeah, I definitely advocate for you know if you have like a Sakura Tribe Elder and you play that and you know, somebody's open, just attack them. Get that one you damage. Know, it's it's yeah. but yeah, absolutely. Not making an enemy with one damage. You just. No, yeah. and you can you can negotiate with someone and say that you're not making an enemy. Yeah, you know.
0: This is just the beginning of the game.
1: Yeah, <laughs> just you're open. You know. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. All right. So that's our uh, magic news for this episode. I do episode. have to say
0: that um, mm. this is the first one that I have actually wanted to. I'm not going to because it's expensive. It is expensive, but I actually do yeah. want this.
1: But at least uh, I think it's
0: like it's, it is something that they have made that I'm like, hey, this is sweet.
1: <laughs> right. And it's, it is on their eBay store. So they will be, you will be able to get it internationally, yes. right? Because the first set was only North America and, and, through the Hasbro store. and through the Hasbro store, which caused a lot of strife with the magic <laughs> community and rightly so. So it's, I'm glad
0: that they have changed all that. Um, it is showing that they do care about their customers in some way. So
1: yeah. Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to the main topic for this show, which is our set review for war of the spark. And we're going to be one and only topic. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to be doing this in the color pie order. So we're going to do this in Wooberg order. So white, blue, black, red, and green. We're going to start off with the white planeswalkers. And, uh, I'd like to talk about Teo the shield mage. So I think this card is going to see play in Pillowfort decks because any card that says you have Hexproof is definitely what you want in a deck like that. And since M19 came out, and with that Arcades a Strategist, a lot of people have been playing that deck in our local uh, meta. I've seen a lot of that. And this card creates... Uh, walls, creatures with defenders. So, you know, you can minus two and draw a card, basically. And, you know, no one can target you. Um, but I think even this card might see play in modern as well. You know, like in, in a few decks, people sideboard uh, Ley Line of Sanctity, which yeah. is what, two and two white? It is, yeah. And uh, you have hexproof. But all the Ley Lines have an effect that... If you have it in your opening hand, you start the game with it on the battlefield. Uh, so obviously, Leyland of Sanctity is better than this card in terms of granting the hex po- proof ability. But in Commander, i to
0: say like um, you know people want budget options out there, and so I think this is a, a good budget option for like an, an ability like that. So
1: absolutely, yeah. no, I've I've thought about splashing white in uh, in mono green Tron. All right, for, all right for effects like this because burn like burn will get you burn will get you burn will get you <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: um yeah because like uh in commander there aren't too many things that uh target the player themselves maybe if this had like you and your enchantments have expert for something wouldn't be too broken but i think it's still an upside
1: yeah definitely yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: maybe creatures would be too powerful but uh Give us
1: something. <laughs> yeah, give us, give us a little extra. Yeah, and a lot of these, I think all of the uncommon Planeswalkers, they only have minus abilities. So if you don't have a way to proliferate them um, or add more counters to them, then you're just going to, you know. And a lot of them, the minus ability is not equal, like does, is not divisible by their loyalty. Yeah. So at a certain point, like, you're just going to have to sacrifice them or or um, just have them get swung into. Or they'll just sit there as permanence that maybe you can tap for something.
0: But yeah, they still have that ability on there, which is really nice. Uh, the, the static ability mm. actually does... It's kind of like an enchantment that somebody can attack, really.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. It's a very interesting mechanic.
0: Um, next card I think we should talk about, um, not really for the abilities, but there's been some talk around. Um, there is this card called the Wanderer. And it's a planeswalker. Who is this?
1: (laughs) Right. uh, This, uh, I think it is a lady,
0: you know. It it does depict more of Um, like a woman, I would say.
1: Yeah. You know, gender is fluid. Yes. But uh,
0: (laughs) Um, a lot of people, um, there is a very beloved character in Magic named Elspeth. Right. Yes.
1: Could this be her?
0: That's what some people are saying. They're hoping that Elspeth is coming back.
1: Nice. Um, So like maybe the next set maybe yeah if yeah. the wanderer survives the you know titular war of the spark or maybe they will reveal themselves
0: at the end of the story who knows but uh yeah it's kind of interesting um yeah also cause, maybe it could be like the uh the player character possibly right is some you know we are in this world yeah presumably somehow yeah
1: so. yeah she's um you know the wanderer you know, has has no, like, subtype, you know, like Legendary Planeswalker. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. So, yeah. The, so, the Wanderer's three and a white, and uh, for a five loyalty, Planeswalker. Static ability is prevent all non-combat damage that will be dealt to you and other permanents you control. And her minus two is exile target creature with power four or greater. So, it's okay. Not bad. Yeah, I a lot of these... Um, uncommon planeswalkers have a much higher loyalty than what their mana cost would normally dictate because they, they, they can't plus it at all so. exactly yeah
0: yeah yeah all right
1: so we already talked about gideon Blackblade,
0: yeah. right shout out to gideon the card's good it's good it's <laughs> gonna
1: it's gonna see standard play
0: <laughs> um so we have some uh after the planeswalkers that we kind of wanted to touch on uh, we got some uh, some creatures here that we're gonna that we're gonna get into First one being uh, Tomic Distinguished Advocate.
1: Yeah, Tomic is a uh, two, like, uh, white, white for a legendary creature, two, three, flying. Lands on the battlefield and land cards in graveyards can't be the target of spells or abilities your opponents control. Your opponents can't play land cards from graveyards. So, this is kind of a taxi effect. From the perspective of, you know, a lot of decks like Lord Windgrace, which came out in Commander 18, or, you know, like the the Gitrog monster or Angry Omnath, which all have a lot of lands uh, entering the battlefield from the graveyards, this card stops those players from doing that, and... It only affects opponents, so you know you could build a commander deck around this card. But white just doesn't have a lot of ability to manipulate its own lands and the graveyards. White has some abilities of getting creatures out of the graveyards. It has some sort of regrowth effects, but it's not very good at dealing with lands. You know, like white's no, white really white not. white like, can put lands in its hand. Yeah, but beyond that, it's it's not. It, it, it can't do that very well but this card would be you know this card is kind of like a, a hate bear right pretty much the other
0: colors are good at getting you know lands out of there and since white's not they're like well if i can't do it nobody can exactly yeah
1: <laughs> so yeah very very interesting card and a card that i think we'll probably see slotted into decks that want to stop players from getting value out of their graveyards oh
0: yeah that's the that's the home for Mr. Tomic. Um, the other interesting white creature that we have coming out would be the God Eternal Oketra.
1: Yeah, I, I love this God Eternal cycle. I mean, it's it's just it's very cool.
0: They are great. Yeah, yeah. we are uh, we are missing Hazret, which is a little sad, but uh, right,
1: we got the boar though. Yeah, we got, got the
0: boar because Hazret did is no more. So. Yeah. <laughs> So with, the, with Oketra over here, uh, she's 3 of anything, and then a white and a white. Uh, a 3-6 with a double strike. Whenever you cast a creature spell, create a 4-4 four, four black zombie warrior creature token with vigilance. And then, as all the other guard, gods read as well, when god eternal Oketra dies or is put into exile from the battlefield, you may put it into its owner's library third from the top.
1: So if you're running that as your commander... You can put it into the command zone, or you can put it at the top of your deck and risk, you know, a shuffle effect.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I would
1: probably put it at the third f- from the top, because how often do opponents shuffle your library?
0: Very, very little. Or milieu. Yeah. That does not happen in commander. No. So this is a, a commander s- that can keep coming back.
1: It's not a good strategy. I used no. to play um, Fenix, God of Deception. Yeah. And I would just do like infinite combos, which was a good strategy, but, you know, it's very fragile. Yeah. <laughs> and also if someone has an Eldrazi and you don't have uh, Leyland of the Void. You're just boned. Yeah, you're yeah.
0: dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, but of course, always coming back, the double strike's is really good. Whenever you cast a creature spell, you get another 4-4 with it every time. That seems like
1: good value. That's really good value. Yeah.
0: (laughs) We just have, you know, like all your little creatures will still get you a four-four. If you have a guy that's uh if this is in a deck that has multiple colors, you know, you play like a mana ramp creature, you still get another four-four with it. Like
1: (laughs) just more creatures on the battlefield for you. Let's uh move on to instance. White instance. So the first one we're gonna talk about is ignite the beacon. I think the beacon is a four and a white for an instant. Search your library for up to two Planeswalker cards. Reveal them. Put them into your hand, then shuffle your library. That's pretty good for an instant.
0: I'd have to agree that's pretty good for an instant. Um, any Super Friends deck you're running, if you're in white, this for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, five mana for like two Planeswalkers. Is pretty good value. You still have to obviously cast your Planeswalkers, but you're getting your value cards
1: right away. Right, because we've seen, like, in Oath of the Gatewatch, we had Call the Gatewatch, which was two and a white for a sorcery. Oh, yeah. Search your library for a Planeswalker card, reveal it, and put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. So for two more mana, we have an instant that lets us search for another Planeswalker.
0: Seems like pretty good value.
1: And then, I think in the same set, we had... There's was another one like Deploy? Deploy the Gatewatch. It ah. wasn't the same set. It was, yeah, a good one. It was uh, from Eldritch Moon. For mm-hmm. So that was uh, four and two white for sorcery. This is a bad card. <laughs> <laughs> look, look at the top seven cards of your library. Put up to two Planeswalker cards from among them into the battlefield. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. So even in a Super Friends deck, you're probably not running more than... I'd say the very top would be twenty to twenty-five planeswalkers. Probably anything more than that, and I think you're just going to be drawing a lot of cards that you a lot of planeswalkers that you'll play get one activation off, and they'll just get removed. You yeah, you'll just attack them. You need to have ways to protect your walkers. Yeah. Um. So that going
0: seven deep and a like what if we're some way through a commander game. Maybe
1: there's even 70 cards left in your deck. I think two is, like, probably the best you can hope for um, in general. So that's one more mana for, you know, quite a gamble. It's a gamble. And both of these are sorceries. So, you know, Ignite the Beacon, that's a clear case of power creep. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we still get that. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that's the only white instant that... uh, we want to talk about let's I make so. let's move on to white sorceries. Mm-hmm. Um single combat is a very, very cool card. Um, single combat is three and two white for a sorcery. Each player chooses a creature or planeswalker they control, then sacrifices the rest. Players can't cast creature or planeswalker spells until the end of your next turn. So I really like this card because <clears throat> You know, I like to play Voltron strategies in Mm -hmm. Commander sometimes. And, you know, Voltron is... uh, It's based on that Japanese show where all those robots would, um, like, morph together so they'd be super strong and could fight the bad guy. And in Commander, when we talk about Voltron, we take a Commander that... um, you know, we strap a bunch of auras to or equipments or, or or just buffs so that they can swing in for one-shot kills for 21-plus commander damage. And what single combat does is, you know, if you only have one creature, it's not hurting you. Right? You're fine. Exactly. Good to go. And then no one else can affect the board with creatures or planeswalkers until your next turn. So that's going to give you the ability to first you cast this before combat, then you swing with your Voltron commander, take out a player, and no one else can play creatures until their next turn. I guess they could play tokens.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and then on the next turn, you can swing again and take out another player. Yeah. You know, and by then you only have to deal with one player. So that's very much a corner case, but that's that's why I like this card. Like I think I might slot this card into my um Sigarda host of Herons deck.
0: That's actually really interesting. I did not think of it in that way. Um, but this card, I thought, was pretty much bad. Yeah. Because if you are playing a deck where you want to, like, cast creatures or something, it's until the end of your next turn. So, really, your opponents are getting the more benefit out of it because right. it's going around again. Exactly. But uh, a Voltron deck, this card slips right in there.
1: Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, other, but otherwise, yeah. And I think a lot yeah. of Voltron cards, a lot of cards like this are, you know bad yeah, but much, it's like but, but also a voltron strategy is not the best strategy in commander yeah right? i think you know we all we all know that from experience or from from people telling us um, it can still be fun it can be very fun yeah, yeah strapping a bunch of big stuff to m- and make a creature big that's right yeah it just <laughs> it just smash
0: all right uh the next one that we can uh, touch on here is a uh, finale of glory um so this is part of is this part of the cycle
1: yeah it It, is is.
0: yeah it's part of the finale cycle that we have uh in the war of the spark set and so uh finale of glory um it is an x and two white and so we create x22 white soldier uh creature tokens with vigilance if x is 10 or more also create X4-4 four, four white angel creature tokens with flying and vigilance. So this card we pay 12 mana for in total. Not only are we getting 10 2-2s, two we're getting 10 4-4 four, four angels that also have uh, flying and vigilance. That's just a lot of a lot of creature power onto the deck or onto the table for this one card.
1: Yeah. Also, if you have divine visitation on the field, which is three and two white for an enchantment, if one or more creature tokens would be created under your control, that many 4-4 four, four white angel creature tokens with flying and vigilance are created instead. So then all those two twos become four fours to go with your other four fours. So now we just have
0: 20 4-4 four, four yeah. <laughs> angels on the battlefield.
1: <laughs> with flying so, and vigilance. So,
0: all right. <laughs> Just uh, pray for no board wipe. and
1: uh, No, that's not going to be any board wipes. You just give them all indestructible. There we go. <laughs> uh,
0: that just seems like a lot of power. Obviously, um, in Commander, we do get to play the big splashy spells. That's why I like these, this finale uh, rotation. Uh, because we're going to get to do the uh, second unlocks for all these cards where you get the extra value out of it. So it uh, can be some fun.
1: Yeah, and you're going to save them... You know, unless you're in a pinch, you're going to save them to cast them for that big 10 mana plus.
0: Yeah, that's the point of the card, is that's when you get the actual benefit of casting the card. Um, I think we have one
1: last... Sorcery. Sorcery here. Ravnica at War.
0: And so I thought this was a, uh, an interesting kind of um, a board wipe card. Um... So, we do see a lot of decks playing, you know, multicolor cards and commander and such. Um, so, if you're playing like a monocolor deck, you wouldn't have to worry about this card at all. Um, but uh, the card does read it's three of anything and one white. And you exile all multicolored permanents. Yeah,
1: the exile is really, really good.
0: Yeah, so not, we're not just destroying, but we're just exiling these guys <laughs> out of here.
1: Yeah, there's also like another like one-sided white board wipe. Well, it's kind of one-sided. It's similar to this board wipe where it's mass calcify, which is uh, printed in a couple of core sets. I think it was M13 and M14 Um, and Shadowmore, I think, actually which is five and two white for a sorcery, and you destroy all non-white creatures. So, you know, if you're running a mono-white deck, you're fine, but if other players are also running white in their decks and they have white creatures, then they're also, you know, going to be fine. So, yeah. Yeah, so, like, you know, cards like this can be, you know, can be good, but, you know, you're also running the risk of... um,
0: People will cast mo- uh, model colored stuff that you want to get rid of in this card. So it's just not going to hit it.
1: No, absolutely. Absolutely. I do really like the art on this card.
0: Uh, yeah, I have to say it's got that nice uh, blue blast going down down there,
1: and she's just watching from above. It's very good. Uh, often the uh, the art on board wipes is, is pretty, pretty satisfying. Good, yeah. It's like that orb of power just destroying everything. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get that big explosion.
1: So, do we have a white artifact here that we want to talk about? We do actually have a white artifact here. Okay. That's right. They, uh, I think like the, the vehicles, it, it, it feels like now that they're kind of going to be an evergreen card type. Yeah, which you know? I think is
0: pretty cool. Yeah. And so, I think what happened, what we're seeing was uh, in Kaladesh, in that block, um, there were vehicles there that were just like too powerful.
1: Yeah, Smuggler's Copter. Smuggler's
0: Copter. It was so powerful, they had to ban it out of standard.
1: They did. They don't
0: don't, see see standard bannings often. They don't
1: like to ban things out of standard. No,
0: they don't. Um, So on top of that, then we had some vehicles in the Ixalan block. Um, We had some pirate ships and stuff, and uh, there was none to mention. (laughs) No, (laughs) there wasn't. They they went the opposite spectrum, and they are just like, well, these are just useless cards. Right. Yeah. Um, So now here we see them doing vehicles, and these artifacts have a color in them. So now, not just any deck can pick up this um, artifact. You have to be running white, right. so it does make a little stipulation there.
1: Yeah, there's so, a yeah, there's a white one, a blue one, or er, and a red one for the vehicles that they cool. did for the set.
0: Cool. Also, there's no black and no uh, green.
1: Nope. Oh. But they did do black and green artifacts. artifacts. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right. So, getting down to it, the Parhelion Two. <laughs> It is six of anything, and then two white. So this card is an eight CMC. It's
1: pretty expensive.
0: Pretty pricey. But it's,
1: um, it's probably not going to be very financially pricey.
0: No, <laughs> mana <laughs> intensive, we should say. Um, so, but it's got a lot of text going on here. Uh, of, oh, also for you who don't know how vehicles work, um, they are a little bit different than other artifacts out there. So the Parhelion, being a five-five artifact. Um, vehicle costs eight mana. Um, it has crew four. So for this uh, vehicle to actually be a creature, you have to tap uh, four power worth of creatures you have on the battlefield to then crew your vehicle, which will then make this artifact an artifact creature.
1: So if you have like 4 four one one um, elf creatures, yeah, you know, in your elf deck, you know, not these that you guys could...
0: can just pile in there. And...
1: Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, you just tap them. And then they would crew this vehicle.
0: Yeah. So uh, the vehicle itself has flying, first strike, and vigilance, all real good. And then whenever it attacks, create two four four White Angel creature tokens with flying and vigilance that are attacking.
1: <laughs> that's pretty good for eight mana.
0: For eight mana, I think that's your you're swinging for a virtual like thirteen power. Oh yeah. And then after your first swing it pretty much crews itself because you can use those angels that it created to then crew itself, and it just snowballs. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think it's a really good top-end finisher. Um, definitely a lot of decks in Commander. It Flying is evasion. Um, you can just keep getting in there, and I think it's a, it's a single threat that can be really strong.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yes, um, it does need creatures to crew, uh, but the neat thing is that uh, this artifact itself will avoid um, board wipes. So somebody board wipes, they kill your creatures, but you'll still have this on the battlefield. So then you just need to play some more creatures to then keep swinging with it, create more angels. It's ready, ready away. go. Yeah. yeah.
1: Absolutely. All right, we're going to move on to blue now. Uh, we're going to do th- some blue Planeswalkers. First one we're going to talk about is Jace, Wielder of Mysteries. And uh, this is another corner case because you're really not going to run this in a deck that doesn't already have a build-around to win the game in this way. You know, I'm probably going to put this in my Azami Lady of Scrolls deck so that I can just have redundancy with with the Lab Man effect Mm -hmm. and win that way. Um, And, you know, it's it's other abilities. Like, his other abilities really aren't that... um, necessary you know i'm gonna play this on a turn where you know i'm gonna mind over matter and just win the game like that so you know i don't anticipate this card seeing a lot of standard play no or a lot of play in any other format (laughs) no (laughs) except commander um but i do i do like this card a lot
0: those alternate win cons are fun definitely um and actually for myself uh i do want to throw this into deck in standard and uh win with a lab man effect in the magic arena i think it'll be fun
1: <laughs> yeah it'll be interesting to see if like a, a um a lab man effect in standard will if you can actually win if, that if way If you can win that way yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> for sure um yeah who doesn't like those long standard games oh yeah you know? <laughs> not me Um, so the next planeswalker we're going to talk about is a, uh, one of the uncommon planeswalkers. It's Narset Parter of Veils.
0: The art. Yes.
1: Very beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. So she is a one and two blue legendary planeswalker for, and she has five loyalty. So her static ability is each opponent can't draw more than one card each turn.
0: How's each opponent?
1: It's each opponent that doesn't affect you. You can draw as many cards as you want if you control Narset. Yeah, and her minus two is look at the top four cards of your library. You may reveal a non creature, non land card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. So, I'm not sure if this card will see commander play. She turns off what a lot of decks are trying to do in Commander, which is just draw a lot of cards. You know, that's how we win. We just have more resources than our opponents. Um, But, like, the card selection she offers for only three mana is very powerful. Um, And, you know, like all these Uncommon Commanders, if you have ways to put counters on them, you know you can keep reusing them and with all the proliferate in the set you're gonna totally. have a lot of ways to do it yeah and I mean like
0: with the ability um, since it's just your opponents you're in blue you can keep drawing as many cards as you want you can shut down your other opponents and commander from drawing cards seems pretty good
1: yeah very good and another thing about commander you know like if you can blink these cards um, you can refresh they, they come back as as yeah full fully full, fully full loyalty, loyalty yeah yeah so you throw these in a brago deck oh you're good to go <laughs> um
0: so that's about it for the planeswalkers in blue um, we got some creatures
1: to uh to get into here yeah so the first blue creature we want to talk about is spark double so this card makes me think of clever impersonator
0: i think this card's great
1: which is clever, in- <laughs> per- yeah. Clever Impersonator is the same mana cost, but it, Clever Impersonator is two and two blue, and you can copy any non-land permanent. I think it's non-land permanent. It's non-land permanent. Yeah, it's not yeah. that good. Um, so this card has a less restrictive mana cost, and if you target a creature or a Planeswalker with its clone effect, it comes in with a plus one plus one counter or a additional loyalty counter, respectively. Um, So, for example, if you were going to choose to clone Nyssa Vital Force, which is a a Planeswalker that has a, a plus one, which has an ultimate that's a minus six, and she comes in with five loyalty, you could bring her into the battlefield and ultimate her right away. And her ultimate is you get an emblem that whenever you play a land card, you draw a card. So that's pretty good you know that's that's just one example of i like that play
0: there that's how pretty... how
1: this card could be used yeah um but yeah do you think this card is going to see play in other formats besides commander
0: that's a really good question um i think it, it the powerful part about it is that you can still copy one of your planeswalkers and you'll have two of the same planeswalker out there
1: and this is, so this wouldn't be, this This wouldn't blow up one of the Planeswalkers?
0: So on the bottom of the card, um, it says it enters with an additional loyalty counter on it if it's a Planeswalker, and it isn't legendary if that permanent is legendary, meaning it does not blow up. Nice.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, something really disgusting I can see coming along is that in standard, Teferi is running rampant, and this card is blue. So now our opponent's going to have double Teferis out there. drawing cards and putting stuff back in your in your deck and stuff so
1: (laughs) yeah to ferry hero of dominaria
0: yes (laughs) (laughs) i do not look forward to playing against two dominaria's on the battlefield no thanks (laughs) Uh, but yeah i think even just in commander uh he's got a lot of utility um cards like that are awesome
1: oh yeah yeah (laughs) yeah So the next creature we want to talk about is Flux Channeler. It's two and a blue for a human wizard, 2-2. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, proliferate. So there's that uh, enchantment from... uh, I think it was the second Mirrodin block, and it was uh, Inexorable Tide. It was three and two blue, and whenever you cast a spell, proliferate. So... You know, this card costs two less mana. Is a creature, so it's a little more vulnerable to removal. Enchantments are the hardest permanent to remove in, uh, well, in all of Magic, not just just Commander. Just in general, yeah. Um, But this card is whenever you cast a non-creature spell. And with War of the Spark and with all these Planeswalkers entering into our format, we're going to be casting a lot more non-creature spells. So, you know, you cast a Planeswalker... You have a few planeswalkers on the field. You play Flux Channeler, then you play another planeswalker. All those planeswalkers are getting more counters. Your planeswalkers are pumping up your planeswalkers. It's it's pretty nuts. Seems pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> f- it's pretty good for three mana. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I think it is. Uh... Like just if you are doing Super Friends and Commander, um, throw this card in there, hands down. Like, yeah,
1: I I also <laughs> think this is going to be a like a limited all star. Yes. You know, with all the with all the Planeswalkers we're going to see in in more um, of the Spark limited format, I think we're going to see a lot of this. You know, even if you get a few activations off of it, a few proliferates yeah. off of it, it's totally going to be worth the three mana. Because we do
0: have those uh, uh, Planeswalkers that don't have plus abilities.
1: Exactly. You want to keep them
0: alive. You want to use their abilities again. This is one of those ways to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. So the uh, another creature we have in blue, uh, getting on to the god cycle, we have Kefnet coming back from Amonkut. Nice. Yeah. Um, this card, I think, is pretty, pretty good. I'm excited for it. I want to play with it. Um, it is two of anything and uh, two blue. It is a 4-5 flyer. First of all, those stats are nothing to scoff at for a four mana card.
2: Not at all. Yeah,
0: Um, and so we are reading here, uh, you may reveal the first card you draw each turn as you draw it. So it's not like scrying where you can look at it first and decide or anything like that. You just have to flip it up and everyone's seeing the information at the same time. Um, Whenever you reveal an instant or sorcery card this way, copy that card and you may cast the copy. That copy costs two less to cast. Um, and then, of course, being a god, he does have the ability, if it's destroyed or exiled, you can put it three cards from the top of your library. So, Spellslinger decks, yes, this card's great.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you could also manipulate the top of your deck with cards like um, Sensei's Divining Top or, oh, yeah. you know, a, a lot of other scrying effects. Um, this card
0: goes great with Sensei's Divining Top. Um, you can always make sure you have, like, a good card there. And then if it's not a card, you don't have to re- reveal it either. Right. So you a still ability. have the information with uh, the Divining Top out there. That's Absolutely. Great, yeah. Um, but, yeah, we could, we could name so many spells that you would want to cast again. <laughs> but uh, you're still getting double value off of everything because that card's still in your hand, and you get to cast that double for two less.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah mana reduction and redundancy. That's yeah. what we want in Commander. Yes. <laughs> so the next creature. How, how do you pronounce this? <laughs> do
0: you want to take a crack at it?
1: <laughs> Fibble Fip.
0: That's what I've heard actually. Yeah. Good. yeah okay. Good. Nice. That hey. was my first. first try. <laughs>
1: Fibble Fip, the lost. Um, so he's a he's a one blue. Legendary Creature, 1-1. When Fibblethip, the lost, enters the battlefield, draw a card. If it entered from your library or was cast from your library, draw two cards instead. When Fibblethip becomes the target of a spell, shuffle Fibblethip into its owner's library. So what do you think about this card?
0: This card, uh, first of all, um, I've heard in the story, he's kind of popped up in other sets. Just kind of like going through... He's just kind of a random orc that's kind of there all the time. Homunculus, yeah. Yeah. That's fun to say. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we just see him randomly in the war going on here, and he's just completely lost. (laughs) funny. (laughs) I don't know
1: what I'm doing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, The thing to compare this to, uh, there is a green creature called the uh, Elvish Visionary, Uh, and it's one green one of anything. When it enters the battlefield, you just draw a card. Um, so Fiblethib is kind of the blue version of that. It is legendary, so you can't have multiple of them on the battlefield. Um, but it does have a couple of the upsides. I think the second part of it, where if it gets targeted, you're shuffling it in its owner's library, no one's going to target this, obviously. Right, So course. whatever.
1: Yeah, it's not very um, threatening. No, not
0: at all. Um, but if you're just trying to get through your deck faster, um, it replaces itself, and it's a 1-1 on the battlefield. We have seen other decks in the past play Elvish Visionary. I don't see why this card wouldn't be played as well. Um... In Commander, I don't really see the benefit of playing this card, unless you have some really tricky ways of getting him out of your library.
1: Yeah, there are so many better ways to draw cards. Yeah. You know, without um, having to jump through all those hoops. Totally.
0: Uh, the one thing I would have thought of right away in Modern, there is a card called um, Collective uh, Collected Company. Oh, yeah. And so this card reads three of anything and a green. You look at the top six cards of your library, and you can put up to two creature cards with CMC three or less on the battlefield, if you put a it out that way, you draw two cards off of casting your four mana Collective Company as well as getting another creature on the battlefield. That seems like some
1: pretty sweet value right there. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, Collective Company is a modern all-star. Oh, for sure. And a standard all-star in its day. In its
0: day, uh, it saw a lot of play.
1: So we're going to move on to Blue Instance. And the first one I want to talk about is Narset's Reversal. So it's two blue for an instant. Copy target instant or sorcery spell, then return it to its owner's hand. You may choose new targets for the copy. So this ability to return spells to owner's hands is not... Um, an ability we see very often. We've seen Not it. At all. We've seen it on unsubstantiate, which is a one and a blue for an instant uh, from Eldritch Moon, which is return target spell or creature to its owner's hand. We've also seen it on Venser Shaper Savant, which is two and two blue for a legendary creature with flash. Whenever Venser Shaper Savant comes into play, return target spell or permanent to its owner's hand. So with Narset's reversal. Um, You know, we can return an opponent's spell to their hand, essentially countering that spell or doing, like, a a time lock on that spell so they can't cast it again until their next turn or they have to spend more mana to cast it. And then you get to cast it. Um, And if it's your own spell, you can essentially get a copy of that spell that becomes Narset's Reversal.
0: Yeah, you can just, like, cast it on yourself and get more value out of a big spell.
1: So it can just be whatever you want. And uh, for two blue mana, it's... I think it's a really good card, and I think we're going to see... I think it's going to see a lot of play in Commander.
0: I think so, too. It's uh, kind of like Even Goes. It's kind of the same... Um, reminds me of Remand, which just puts the spell back in the hand. You get to draw a card. Yes. Um, but turning that one colorless into a blue lets us just straight up copy that spell. That's pretty sweet. Absolutely. Yeah. I can't wait for someone to cast a big X spell and then... Uh, Just get to do that myself
1: instead. Oh, yeah, those big
0: Commander X spells. Oh, yeah, and we're seeing this uh, range of finale spells out here. Yeah. (laughs) I'll take those soldiers and (laughs) angels, thank you. (laughs) Uh, There's one other instant to touch on. Um, I think it'll really just see uh, if you're running a certain kind of deck that this slots into, it'll be good. Um, It'll definitely be, I think, pretty good in standard. Um, It's Lazatep Plating. One of anything, one blue. Um, it has a mass one. I don't think we've talked about a mass yet.
1: No, let's go over a mass. Yeah.
0: New. Um, Mechanic. Thank you. In more of the Spark. <laughs> um, basically, when you amass, um, you put a plus one, plus one counter on an army you control. If you don't control one, you create a zero, zero army uh, first. And then that token goes on to this army. Um, so we kind of see it in the story and everything. It's a big war. Um, so you can have an army token out there. Um, so the good part about this spell, on top of the amass, is you and permanents you control gain hexproof until end of turn. So if someone's trying to rem- like spot removal your stuff in some way, just for 2 mana, you get to save your creature or even yourself from a certain kind of spell, and you still have a 1-1 left behind. Um, that just seems like some pretty good value. Um, like I said, in Commander... Um, if you are playing like a kind of like maybe Voltron strategy or you just have like a certain thing you need to protect, this is protection for it when someone tries to remove it that way. Um, but in standard, we've already seen cards like dive down and stuff that just make the creature hex proof. And so right. this is another thing that does that. But it also, it hits everything instead of just a target. And you get a
1: 1-1. So why not? <laughs> so let's move on and talk about... Some sorceries. I think? some, Yeah, some sorceries.
0: Yeah. Um, we have Bond of Insight from blue. So uh, this card is 3 of anything and 1 blue. Um, reads, each player puts the top 4 cards of their library into their graveyard. And then you get to return up to 2 instant and or sorcery cards from your graveyard to your hand. Uh, and then you do have to exile
1: the Bond of Insights. Yeah, so you can't just keep Bonding of Insighting. That makes sense. Makes sense. You yeah. could just really loop that. <laughs> you definitely could. Yeah, and, you know, like what do we always want in a singleton format, which is it's redundancy. Oh, yeah. You know, we want to get back the spells that we cast so we can cast them again and get more value off of them. But, you know, we're not getting Bond of Insight back.
0: Sadly. Yeah. But we still get two other spells back.
1: Yeah. So you need that Board Wipe again or something like that or... Or you need to get that board wipe out of your graveyard back into your hand. So just, you have the threat of that board wipe. There we which go. Which can be very powerful. Politics. That's right. You just have like that Nev's disc on the table, untapped. No one's going to want to play anything except enchantments and planeswalkers. Oh
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> Actually, I think Nev's disc does hit enchantments, but planeswalkers are safe. <laughs> I think it's artifacts, enchantments, and creatures.
0: Yeah, it hits three things. It yeah. does, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's one other sorcery.
1: Yeah, we want to talk about Finale of Revelation.
0: Oh Yeah, the blue finale card.
1: Right. What does that one do? Uh, In
0: blue's specialty, we are drawing cards. So X and two blue. Draw X cards. And then if X is 10 or more, instead, shuffle your graveyard into your library, draw X cards, and then you get to untap five lands... And you have no max hand size for the rest of the game. You do have to exile the finale of Revelation. Oh,
1: I always get you yeah, with that always. one, hey? You just like, can't I <laughs> just cast it again? Come on. Come on, guys. <laughs> it's not that good.
0: <laughs> um, I think this card is real good. Um, I want to get a couple and throw them into my Commander Decks. Um, there is a lot of times where you do have, you know, Reliquary Tower or thought Vessel and stuff. Someone blows that up. And you don't have that max hand size anymore.
1: There's always the threat of those things being blown up. Exactly. Right?
0: Yeah. Um, this, there's, once you cast it and it resolves, uh, you have an infinite hand size. Rest of the game. Rest of the game. They have to kill
1: you to get rid of your infinite hand size. Pretty much.
0: <laughs> I do also like that uh, on top of getting to draw all those cards, we get to untap five lands on top of everything that's going on. So we can still cast more spells even. This even kind of, it is sorcery, so it's not quite as good as how, like, um, Blue Sun, Zenith and such work. Right. But uh, at sorcery speed, we still get to untap those lands, so it's really, like, seven mana, draw ten cards, max hand size. And And if those
1: lands can tap for more than one mana, you know, it's, you're... You're not you're not upset about like, casting this card on one of your main phases, and I I have to say I love the art on this card. I really am enjoying all the nickel Bolas art. All of it. You know, it? It's, yes. it's 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 really cool.
0: Is that Bolas or is that Ugin? I think it's
1: actually Ugin.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The the wing color there.
1: That's right. That's what the flavor text is. It's talk, you can see him flying towards those Bolas horns in the. That's right. Nice. I'm glad you corrected me. I was probably gonna get a we're probably gonna get an email about that. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so we're moving on to black, and uh, the Planeswalker that everyone's been talking about is Liliana, the Dreadhorde General, and what does she do, Eric?
0: When I first saw this card, I was like, Commander, yes.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if this is six mana. I don't know if it's going to see standard play, but Commander, Oh yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh,
0: So she is four of anything and two black. Uh, The static ability on this mythic Planeswalker is whenever a creature you control dies, draw a card. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. If uh, you got some creatures out there, some board wipes, I'll draw some cards. Got some
1: tokens that you can sacrifice them? I'll draw some cards.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, And her abilities work really well with this as well. Uh, Plus one. Uh, Oh, sorry. She does come in with six loyalty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then so the plus one is create a 2-2 black zombie creature token. So she also protects herself. Which is great. That's what you want. Yeah. Uh, And then the minus four, each player sacrifices two creatures. Um, So then that just, everyone else has to sacrifice, but then you do have the Liliana, so you also get to draw some cards off of sacrificing. All upside. Oh yeah. And then right at the bottom here, the minus nine, uh, each opponent chooses a permanent, they control of each permanent type and sacrifices the rest.
1: So that's going to hit your lands, it's boys and girls. Lands. Yeah, it's going to hurt, <laughs> but just just take out that
0: lily before she can do it. This planeswalker here is, I think, just a game ender. If you get the ultimate,
1: Yeah, there's no coming back. And if you let it get that bad, you know, you don't have anyone else to blame but no, yourself. except for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs>
0: Straight up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah, this thing is going to be a commander powerhouse for sure. Oh, yeah. Let's move on to the creatures. Uh, first one we have on the docket is God Eternal Bantu. So this is three and black black for a legendary creature, 5-6 with menace. When God Eternal Bantu enters the battlefield, sacrifice any number of other permanents, then draw that many cards. When God Eternal Bantu dies or is put into exile from the battlefield, you may put it into its owner's library third from the top. Yeah, like all the other ones. Yeah. I just get going reading these cards. You know, I just can't stop. <laughs> then you're at
0: the end. It's like, oh, yeah, we said that before. <laughs> uh, I think this card's great, personally. Um, might not be as good in uh, the commander format. Um, I mean, a five, well, six for five.
1: Because, it, no, it's it's. I think it's good because you can sacrifice tokens, right? You can, yeah. Yeah, and then just, like, you know, make tokens oh. and... and um, Draw cards, or if, if you have a way to give the cards undying or persist, they just come right back and you got to draw all those cards. Oh, yeah. You know?
0: Slot this right into uh, Micchaeus. Yeah. Please, uh, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Please do that. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> if
0: you have Micchaeus, get this guy in there. <laughs> I will also say I think uh, it will be good in a, a standard as well um, because the text does read um, any number of other permanents. Um, so if you're getting into the late game, you have a bunch of lands, you can still sack those to draw cards as well when yeah, this guy comes into play. That's right. Yeah. yeah.
1: If you just, if you're flooded and you just need gas. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. we get you there. Yeah. Did not notice that. So the next one, uh, I've seen a few deck techs online about this card, but, oh, really? uh, yeah, a little bit. It's Massacre Girl.
0: I like this card a lot. Yeah, you do. <laughs> um... On top of, uh, that art is pretty, it looks pretty creepy. If I saw her in real life, I would uh, walk the other way, I think.
1: Yeah, she's a human assassin.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, let's get to it. She's a three of anything and two black. Uh, A 4-4 with menace. Uh, When Masker Girl enters the battlefield, each other creature gets minus one, minus one until end of turn. Whenever a creature dies this turn, each creature other than Masker Girl gets minus one, minus one. We were talking about how the minus one, minus one abilities are good.
1: Very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: And so if we're playing a game, people are playing, you know, like um, little elves that tap for more mana and things like that. Um, There's a lot of creatures on the battlefield. I think this can be really unassuming. And when somebody plays this, um, just the way it like climbs up there and does hit all of the creatures on the battlefield. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, It's also interesting because it does say um whenever a creature dies this turn each other creature gets minus one minus one so if you play this and then if you have a kill spell of some sort on another creature that still triggers the ability as well
1: or if you have a sacrifice outlet
0: or if you have a sacrifice outlet, and you can sacrifice your creatures and it's also not just like a single thing so if there's three creatures out there that are of one health when she enters It'll trigger three times, and then so anything that's a four four will still die. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, very, very powerful. And you got a four four left over. Yeah, and yeah. it's uh, you know it's a very creature heavy format. At least it is, um, you know, in the local shops here. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. I
1: think like I think we're gonna see a lot of that. You know, also don't play super creature heavy strategies because you know they're, they're so easy to remove. They're the easiest. They're <laughs> the easiest permanent to remove. I know it's fun, but they're just they're so easy to get rid of. Also, I just
0: want to say for uh, standard, I think this card can do some things. Um, uh, Definitely before, once the set launches, I want to get some people because there's a lot of elves running around and stuff. And so I think you'll just play this and kind of wipe the board unassumingly and then have a 4-4 Menace left over to swing in with. For sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I hope to have some fun. So we're going to move on to Black Enchantments. And I think the only one... That we're going to talk about is... Kaya's Ghost Form. Kaya's Ghost Form. So it's um, the only
0: enchantment we've talked about so far.
1: Yeah, this set's not very heavy with the uh, enchantments. You know, we have the Planeswalkers. It's pretty heavy with the Planeswalkers. you got 36 Planeswalkers. Yep. You know, we don't have time for enchantments. No. Nope. <laughs> uh, and apparently now neither did Wizards. So Kai's Ghost Form is one black for an enchantment aura. Each creature, enchant creature or planeswalker you control. When enchanted permanent dies or is put into exile, return that card to the battlefield under your control. So we just got the Commander 2018 decks back in, uh, I guess it was last August. So it was, yeah. you know, it was, it was quite a while ago. But, you know... Those were Planeswalker Commanders, and I found when we were playing those decks, I had a hard time finding cards to protect my commander. And if I had something like this that I could just throw on Lord Windgrace, and if he gets, if he is heading to the graveyard or if he's getting exiled, I love that, that it's also if they're going to exile. That's perfect. You just bring them right back. And it's all good, you know. So um, I think that's just a really great tech card if you're running a Planeswalker Commander and you're in black. So I would definitely throw that in my deck.
0: I do like that card a lot because it's just straight up. It's a shield for your Planeswalker.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, And it's, you know, that's going to see, like, limited play. Um, Might even see standard play, you know, because it's only one mana, you know. And it is, you know, it's, it's one mana to get back pretty valuable pretty valuable um, permanent.
0: Yeah, permanent that you have on the battlefield. So, I like it. Um, then we have uh, one uh, one instant doctor.
1: One black instant.
0: Yeah. Uh, Liliana's Triumph. Um, so you, you cast this. Uh, it's one colorless and one black. Um, and then target opponent uh, has to sacrifice a creature. Um, if you also control a Liliana Planeswalker... Uh, they have to discard a card as well. Um, this is kind of an interesting card. Um, I, talking about it, it's not going to be on Commander at all. Uh, you don't see these cards in Commander. No, no. <laughs> um, but we have seen in the past there's a, a Diabolic Edict, which does the exact same thing, but there's no upside. This yeah. one has the Liliana Planeswalker upside. Uh, and then there mm-hmm. was Chainer's Edict as well, which we even just saw reprinted in uh eternal or sorry ultimate, ultimate masters. masters yeah yeah
1: yeah that one does have flashback this does not um yeah that card's a popper all-star yeah Chainer's edict
0: heck yeah
1: also diabolic edict yeah very good enough go. format. So, and um
0: is it uncommon
1: it is uh oh liliana's triumph uh yeah i think it is uncommon yeah i think yeah. it's uncommon yeah it's
0: uncommon yeah so we won't see in popper
1: <laughs> no 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 it's not gonna um, make it into popper
0: because I, I, I see this coming around in standard. Um, there's not... The Liliana Planeswalker, I think, is a very side option thing. But uh, sometimes there are... We still have Carnage Tyrant running around.
1: Yeah. 7-6 Hexproof. So. Yeah, that's where you want Edict Effects. They're very, very powerful. Yeah, because so. um, there are very few cards that um, stop that from happening. Yeah. There's one in this set, though, which we'll get to. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next card we're going to talk about is... Finale of Eternity. Uh, it's X black black for a sorcery. Destroy up to three target creatures with toughness X or less. If X is ten or more, return all creature cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. So this card's just fantastic. It just hitting three creatures, you know, if you're hitting three three threes, you know, if you're hitting three four fours, you know, six mana, uh, five mana. That's that's not a huge investment to take out those creatures that you know your opponents paid handsomely for oh yeah um but if it's more than 10 you just get to return all your creatures from your graveyard you know if if you're playing a milling strategy where you've put all your stuff into your graveyard milling yourself you know that can just be a huge tempo blowout um against your opponents so i i really like this card for commander uh
0: i agree this card is so good i think it's even like you were saying like it's just good even if you don't try and cast it for 10 or more oh yeah because you're you can take out three creatures that's great
1: yeah Um, for one card like there's there yeah there's there's often you know just like three commanders right there's just there's so many you know problem creatures that you want to get off the battlefield at any given time
0: yeah and and like the white one you cast it for six mana you get four two twos this one you can get rid of like three people's commanders.
1: <laughs> the next card we're going to talk about is another sorcery, Command the Dread Horde. So this card is 4 and two black, choose any number of target creature and or planeswalker cards in graveyards. That's everybody's. Command the Dread Horde deals damage to you equal to the total converted mana cost of those cards. Put them onto the battlefield under your control. So this card could win you games.
0: Hands down. Hands down.
1: You know, and we start with 40 life.
0: Yeah.
1: And so even if you're not gaining life, you know, you might get into a bit of a dangerous life total by casting this card. But if it's going to win you the game, you're not, you're not too worried about it. No. L- life doesn't really matter. Now, if you're in a life gain deck... You're even less worried about it.
0: <clears throat> and then I've even, um, I'm sure there's a bunch of combos and stuff that people know. If you have certain cards in your deck, play this. It may cost you this much health, but you're going to gain this much health, and you're just going to be like up no matter what.
1: Oh yeah, those like decks that are very finely tuned. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I think this card is a uh, superpower.
1: Oh yeah, and it's got that art from the trailer. Did you watch the War of the Spark trailer? I did watch the War of the I, Spark trailer. I did eventually watch it. It's it's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty. They they stepped it up for this one. Usually yeah. the trailers are a little awful. This so. was
0: actual animation. Uh, we had a licensed song. I really liked the cover of. Uh, right, the Lincoln Inn.
1: Park. Yeah. yeah very it good a, it was a yeah. really like the song choice was great for what was happening that takes me back to that in the end Linkin Park there's some great Dragon Ball Z music videos on YouTube <laughs> if anyone's interested
0: I do really like Linkin Park's first album but
1: oh like, yeah no I not right it, there stands it holds up yeah,
0: oh, yeah. yeah.
1: definitely yeah R.I.P. Uh, Chester oh yeah man yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. he was a, he was a great guy uh, awesome singer yeah sad to see him go
1: me too all right, so the next card we want to talk about is Deliver Unto Evil. So, I mean, what this card—I'll read the card. It's it's two and a black for a sorcery. Choose up to four target cards in your graveyard. If you control a Bolas Planeswalker, return those cards to your hand. Otherwise, an opponent chooses two of them, leaves the chosen cards in your graveyards, and puts the rest into your hand. Exile, deliver unto evil. So it's kind of like a fact or fiction if you... For your graveyard. Right. If you don't have a Bolas Planeswalker, otherwise you just get four cards back. Yeah. Um, Pretty good for three mana, you know? Um, But I think we both just really like this art. The art on this card is so good. It's fantastic. And and like we were talking about with the Mythic Edition art of Bolas, uh, Dragon God, it, it really harkens back to the very old art of magic, uh, yeah. you know, like when we started playing. And that's so, what
0: I love about this, uh, this art here.
1: Yeah. It's just, it's just amazing. Like I would love to have a print Hand- of this Ooh, card, yeah.
0: you know, if I could buy a print, it'd be on my wall.
1: Oh yeah. Or yeah. like a wall scroll, you know, oh, yeah. like, like ultra pro do those, do the wall scrolls of this. They probably won't. It's no. like, it's too dark, yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but also like in commander, we usually have just like good cards in our li- in our yards. Oh yeah. So four good cards, I get the two worst of the good cards. That's still good cards in my hand.
1: Right, but and I and I love cards like that that force your opponents to choose. Yeah. Uh, cards like I have a an Unash Cryo Sphinx Sovereign Commander deck where every time Unesh or another Sphinx enters the battlefield under your control, <laughs> it's like a Factor Fiction effect, but it's only four cards. So you yeah. draw. F- you you. I don't think you draw. You reveal the top four cards of your library and target opponent puts those cards into two piles and you pick one. Yeah. And I feel like cards like that are really asking how good are you at magic? Oh, yeah. Because, you know, sometimes you get some piles and you're like, this is a really easy choice. <laughs> and sometimes you don't. Sometimes you, know? you don't. Sometimes you just don't. It's
0: like <laughs> you're hoping your opponent... Just gives you the right cards, and you're like, Yes, thank you. Thank you.
1: Because they don't know what's in your hand, right? So no, they, they don't, don't know what the best choice is. It's sort of just a bit, it's just cards like that I, I find so much fun because it does promote that kind of interaction. Yeah. Because you know?
0: then, like, even the, the cards are revealed, right? So then everyone at the table can still kind of talk about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Even though they're not
1: supposed to. Yeah. They're, they're not supposed to say anything. They're just supposed to let the target player choose. <laughs> but I always speak up. Yeah, come on. <laughs> it's a social if, format. If, if
0: so Someone's putting, like, the two creatures, then the two lands in a pile. You're like, what are you doing? (laughs) He doesn't need lands. (laughs) Uh, All right. So I think we have one last uh, black artifact here.
1: Er, Uh, Black sorcery. Sorcery, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're not at the black artifacts yet. Hold on. And they know which one we're talking about.
0: (laughs) Spoiler. (laughs) Um, So we have the Elder Spell. Sorcery. Just two black. Two mana. Two mana. Destroy any number of target Planeswalkers. Choose a Planeswalker you control. Put two loyalty counters on it for each Planeswalker destroyed this way.
1: So I think this card is going to see standard play. Oh, so do I. I think so, because, I like, Commander, you know, I think initially we will see an influx of Super Friends decks and Planeswalkers in general. Yeah. And, you know, this card will probably see some play, but... In the vast, in you know, in the vastness that is the commander format, this card is pretty narrow. Yeah. Um, but I think this will see standard play.
0: I think it'll definitely be like a sideboard card. We'll see. Yeah. A lot because you're gonna have those decks that are running all those planeswalkers. So, um, talking about commander though, if you're playing Super Friends, play this card
1: oh definitely because you can
0: kill your own planeswalkers
1: to get you to get one of your planeswalkers up to a point where you can ultimate them
0: yeah and -hmm. sometimes ultimates your game look at that liliana play that liliana play this ultimate her the same turn you play her no one can really do anything about that everyone loses their lands and whatever else they have i think you win
1: or or uh nickel bullis um god dragon yeah just like if you don't have a legendary creature or planeswalker you're dead bye-bye So, so I think in a Super
0: Friends deck, real powerful card.
1: Oh yeah, um, and then yeah, the
0: Fringe uh, standard play,
1: a little bit of Fringe. Mhm.
0: All right, so that artifact we were kind of teasing.
1: What a tease!
0: <laughs> I like to tease. <laughs> uh, so we have uh, Bolus's Citadel.
1: That's right. It's uh, three of anything and three black. For a legendary artifact. Yeah, it's
0: legendary, so you can only have one of these in play at a time. No uh, redundancy.
1: Yeah, you don't really need more than one, though.
0: Yeah. No. With this card. <laughs> uh, look, you may look at the top card of your library at any time. Your turn, opponent's turn, whatever.
1: No one. Uh, get, no one else gets to see.
0: No. <laughs> uh, you may play the top card of your library if you cast a spell this way, pay life equal to the CMC cost rather than
1: pay its mana cost. Wow. Okay. That is fantastic. I can just pay life instead of mana that I don't have. Yeah. Great.
0: Why not? 40
1: life? Yeah, I'll pay some mana. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get going. <laughs> uh,
0: you can also tap and sacrifice 10 non-land permanents. Each opponent loses 10 life. Tokens. In a token deck, we can see that, but 10, 10 permanents is a lot.
1: Yeah. Yeah, other than like a token deck., yeah. I think that's, that's a lot, Even, yeah. you know:
0: But I think this card is kind of good in most places in magic.:
1: Even if you're not using that last ability, oh yeah. you know, being able to pay life in, um, for mana is an incredibly powerful ability. Cheating mana costs is one of the most powerful things you can do in commander and in magic in general.
0: And it's also card advantage because we're playing cards from our library, not our hand.
1: And we're, yeah, ex- we're essentially drawing cards every time we cast that spell because we get to look at the next card anytime and cast it for life instead yeah. of mana. It's, this, this card is fantastic.
0: It's just good all around. I mean, even, uh, I don't play much of it, but I think in Legacy and Vintage, there's ways to like get artifacts out for free. And yeah. Then you can just like kind of go through your deck. Um, <laughs> because you can just pay for sure. Cause you could just like,
1: t- you could just like tinker this out. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. For sure. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. So we're going to move on to red and, um, I think we both found the red planeswalkers in this set a little lackluster. I think so. So we're not going to talk about them.
0: We're already going long. so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
1: Um, So, we're going to talk about uh, the creatures first. Um, The first creature we're going to talk about is. It's Ilharg?
0: It is Ilharg.
1: Ilharg the Rays Boar. So, this is a legendary creature for three and two red, six six trample. Whenever Ilharg the Ragebore attacks, you may put a creature card from your hand onto the battlefield, tapped and attacking. Return that creature to your hand at the beginning of the next end step. And then it has the same ability as all the other gods where um, if it would die or be put into exile, you can put it uh, in your library third from the top. It just keeps coming back. It just keeps coming back. And uh, I love this card. Oh, it's great. It's, <laughs> I want to build a deck around this card yeah, because that ability is sort of like card advantage, right? Because oh, you yeah. you get the creature out, it, has, it can attack. You want to play creatures with attack triggers. Do you get the attack trigger when something so, like that happens?
0: So this is the little interesting part about this creature. It's tapped and attacking already. Okay. So you don't get the attack trigger. What you do get is if you have creatures that have, when they deal combat damage to a player.
1: That's those what you want you to be doing. It.
0: Yeah, so those are the kind of creatures you want to look for with this guy. Okay i don't know how many of them are in red right right um, but uh some of the some of the few that i think are pretty fun um we do have um meadow the ageless um so this is a creature uh this creature reads it's four of anything a white and a blue that's uh, a flyer whenever meadow the ageless deals combat damage to a player take an extra turn after this one Medomai, the ageless can't attack during extra turns so the cool part about this is that if we're using the boar she'll go back to your hand at the beginning or at, the, at your end step and at your next turn she'll come back out so it's a different permanent infinite turns You actually have infinite turns here with the boar and metomai so it's pretty spicy
1: i like that yeah <laughs> so, i like that a lot
0: yeah, of the 99, you need both these cards out there. But then uh, infinite turns from two cards, I think, is pretty good. Absolutely. Yeah. No,
1: two, the only thing better than a two-card combo is a, is a one-card combo. Yeah. <laughs> it's not really
0: a combo, that point. <laughs> no, it's
1: not. <laughs> no way. Uh, and then there's also another really fun card, uh, the Master of Cruelties. Right. Uh, Visions yeah. of Kalia. You know, yeah. I think we've all... Played against a Kalia deck.
0: I'm pretty sure we have, yeah. So yeah. you can do the same thing here. He can't attack alone, but uh, you can bring him out with the boar, and so when he's attacking a, a player and uh, he's unblocked, that player goes to one health, and then the boar will finish off the damage, and you just basically get a player kill right there.
1: I like that. Yeah. Nice and clean. And well, nope. I think it's dirty, but... Well, <laughs> you know, I guess it depends which, which end you're on.
0: Sure. <laughs> um, also, I think this card is even good in standard. 5 mana for a 6-6 six, six Trample is really good stats and then you're still getting another free creature out of your hand attacking every turn as well.
1: Yeah, the trample really puts it over the top. I think it does, yeah. And I, I really love the art on this card. This one's it's, great. It just, um, it's just got it, like a flaming green mohawk. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of uh, the, the boars from Princess Mononoke. Have you ever, oh, did you ever see that movie? Yes, yeah. nice.
0: That's <laughs> Yeah, good name drop there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's the only red card that either of us wanted to talk about, right?
0: Um, yes. Yeah,
1: so we're going to move on to green, and, uh... Oh, we do
0: have the red finale, which I think we should talk about. Oh,
1: yeah, let's talk about that.
0: Yeah, all the finales are great. Um, So red here is giving us uh, the finale of promise. So it is X into red. Uh, You may cast up to one target instant card and or up to one target sorcery card from your graveyard, each with converted mana cost X or less without paying their mana costs. If a card cast this way would be put into your graveyard this turn, exile it instead. If X is ten or more, copy each of those spells twice.
1: Twice. Twice.
0: <laughs> and you can choose new copies for those targets.
1: <laughs> new targets for the copies. New targets for the copies.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love this card.
0: It's so good. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's fantastic. Like I can think of so many cards. I mean like extra turn cards, you know, twice. Okay. Like your, three turns. Yeah. Yeah. You won the game.
0: Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you should win. You should win. If you can't yeah.
1: win at that point, you know you you probably it's it's you're in dire straits.
0: You know. If you, if you have a spell slinger deck, you can go kind of crazy. There's fire insight. It caught. Co- it's a seven CMC card, uh, but you get to tutor out a one, two, and three cost instant card from your deck. So if you can copy that twice with this, that's oh, a lot yeah. of cards. That's a ton. <laughs> yeah. Just slinging spells.
1: Oh yeah, this this whole cycle of cards is just fantastic.
0: Oh yeah, they're great.
1: Um, we also want to talk about the uh, the red artifact.
0: Yeah, we right? got to touch on that guy. Yeah, um, I think we're not going to see it in uh, Commander at all.
1: No, I don't think so. No,
0: but uh, we were talking about before how the vehicles have to crew themselves. Yeah. Uh, this guy is a little bit different, so it is one of anything in two red. Uh, it is a 3-2 with Trample. Uh, whenever you cast a non-creature spell, uh, the tank uh, becomes an artifact creature and gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. Becoming a 4-3. Becoming a 4-3. If you cast another non-creature spell, it's a 5-4. It's
1: kind of like Prowess. Yeah, it's, it's Prowess. But with for creatures.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so. Um, or, non. yeah, non-creature
1: spell. Oh, it's non creatures. Okay, so it's exactly like Prowess. It is Prowess,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they don't just say that. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, so this is a card, it dodges port wipes and things like that. Um you're gonna be casting planeswalkers, this just turns on and uh you can swing in there. So I think also for spell slinger decks, um in standard right now we do have like an Is It Phoenix deck.
1: Right. Just yeah.
0: cast a lot of small spells. This card is going right in that deck. Absolutely. I yeah. I think you can make space for it. It's just another beater.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I like this card a lot. Yeah um so now we're going to move on to green
0: let's get to that green
1: yeah i sort of uh got a little ahead of myself (laughs) um so the first green planeswalker we're going to talk about is nissa who shakes the world so she's a three green green legendary planeswalker with five loyalty her static ability is whenever you tap a forest for mana add an additional green to your mana pool her plus one is put three one one counters on up to one target non creature land you control. Untap it. It becomes a zero zero elemental creature with vigilance and haste. That's still a land. And her minus eight is you get an emblem with lands you control have indestructible. Search your library for any number of forest cards, then put them onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle your library.
0: <laughs> so. Lands.
1: That is a lot of lands. Um, so, you know, you can tap your forest for double mana. And that it doesn't say basic forest, so all of your duels that yep. have the forest land type, yep. you can tap for an additional green. You know, so you're stomping grounds. You can tap a red, and then you get green. Um, the put three one one counters on up to one target non-creature land, so you can't keep putting it on the same land. Which is um, kind of a
0: bummer.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, but, you know, she does protect herself with that plus one, which she is does. really good with, with Vigilance um, and, and haste. haste, which is, you know, what you want. Uh, and that emblem, you know, like you want to run this in a deck that has a lot of landfall triggers. Because yeah, yeah. if you're, you know, if you're running a deck that is predominantly green... Uh, and landfall triggers. You're you can just empty out your deck, thin out your deck of all the lands, and then you know after that you're just drawing gas. Oh yeah.
0: <clears throat> Getting that uh, ultimate, I think, is a little scary because we are putting counters on our lands, and then if somebody just wipes the board or something like that, kills creatures, we're losing our lands from this.
1: That's true, but you can just you know. Um, we did get um, heroic intervention back in Aether Revolt, which we is did, one yeah. and a green for an instant uh, permanence. You control gain hexproof and indestructible until end of turn. It's a great card. It is a fantastic card, and <laughs> if you have a green deck, you should put it in there. Oh yeah, um, it's it's sort of like a green counter spell, right? Yeah, pretty much. You know, because a lot of times, like we were saying um, in the last episode, you're you know you really want to use your counter spells to save your board right to save your game plan you know to ensure your victory unless you're playing you know like a tolerant sky summoner deck where you're just countering everything to get drakes and then (laughs) and then then you're winning with drakes (laughs) the drake beats yeah i really i really like this card i'm definitely going to be slotting this into my angry omnath deck Oh yeah, for sure.
0: Because it doubles your mana just being on the battlefield.
1: Absolutely. Why not? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And yeah. I just you know I just love that it hits duels and you can search for duels. You know, I mean, yeah. we like in the commander format we like duels. Oh. You yeah. know, unless it's Blood Moon or Ruination, then we <laughs> we wish we didn't have as many duels. So the next card we're gonna talk about is Vivian, Champion of the Wilds.
0: All right, so this is one of the rares, so we just have the two abilities. Um, she's two and a green, so just three, three mana. Uh, you may cast creature cards as though they had flash. So her static ability is definitely ability we've seen on other creatures before.
1: Yeah, like Yeva, Nature's Herald. Yes. Right? But she could cast, uh, she only affects green creatures. Vivian hits all the creatures. All creatures,
0: yeah, so I think that's a pretty... That makes me excited.
1: Super powerful. Oh, yeah. Because if you have Vivian on the battlefield and, you know, you pass the turn and somebody wants to attack Vivian, you just flash in a creature to block. Oh,
0: yeah. You know? Yeah, And you get them. Nope. They try and swing in and you just, like, kill the creature.
1: Yeah, and you can warn them. You can say, hey, you, you want to attack this Vivian here? <laughs> just, I'm going to get you. I'm just <laughs> letting you know because I got flash. It's coming. <laughs> yeah. And if you try to remove it, I'll just cast a creature. Anyways, you know? yeah. so give them the value. You can't stop me.
0: <laughs> um she does have the abilities plus one until your next turn. Up to one target creature gains vigilance and reach. Um the reach can come into play if you have a lot of annoying flyers coming at you.
1: And that's a way to protect yourself, right? Like you could yeah. have a creature that you could attack with like give it vigilance. You can attack vigilance and reach, you can attack with it, it's not tapped. And then, you know, it can block creatures with um, evasive abilities like flying. Which is
0: great because then you can still swing in with your big creature.
1: Yeah, add another planeswalker. Oh yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, and then we have the minus two. Look at the top three cards of your library, exile one face down and put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. For as long as it remains exiled, you may look at that card and you may cast it if it you may cast it if it's a creature card, yeah. So this is great. It can grab any card. So even if you whiff, people won't know. Yeah. Yeah. Because it'll just stay exiled forever. And will be like, what's coming?
1: And when you do whiff, you really don't want people to know. Yeah. It's enough that you whiffed. You don't need the embarrassment. Yeah. Added onto it. So don't make a face. No, don't. Mate, <laughs> just keep that poker face. Like wear sunglasses. You know and when the you baseball go baseball cap. When you go to your local card shop, baseball cap, sunglasses. <laughs> you know. Don't look like an idiot. It's professional poker out there, guys.
0: <laughs> All right. So now, um, Green loves big creatures.
1: They do. I think we just talked about some big green creatures. Well, this first one isn't that big. Oh, so the first one... That's kind of disappointing. It's a little disappointing, but it is a very good <laughs> card. So the first creature I want to talk about is Evolution Sage. So it's very similar to Flux Channeler. Ooh, um, proliferate. Proliferate, yeah. It's uh, two and a green for a 3-2. Uh, whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, proliferate.
0: From a land?
1: From a land, yeah. So if you're running you know a lands deck with with a lot of planeswalkers you know evolution sage is green you know and and um what's that other popular enchantment that's also green that's really good with planeswalkers doubling season hey yeah and these cards together fantastic <laughs> um you know but this could also be good in a deck where you're just running a lot of counters yeah. you know like green is also a very good is very good at producing tokens. And if you can put counters on those tokens and you know, green, you're, you're you're putting a lot of lands into play, you know, it's it's not just effective for planeswalkers. So I really like this card just from the um just the, you know, the the lands. You can't stop lands from coming into play. Yeah. You have to proliferate.
0: And the, that we're talking about counters, there's a hardened scales just that one green enchantment whenever a counter is placed on it another one of those counters gets placed on it you have both those out there your creatures are just skyrocketing
1: oh yeah yeah that card's actually gotten a little pricey hasn't it
0: uh it has seen play in modern so that's gonna spike that price
1: which is like the namesake of that deck right
0: yeah there's there's a deck actually called the card scales now right <laughs> affinity has turned into kind of hardened scales
1: okay yeah yeah I don't think I've encountered that one. Oh, it's bad. Not fun.
0: I was playing Tron, turn four. The guy's swinging with like a twenty twenty flyer, and I'm like, "Okay, I didn't have. I,
1: sorry, I didn't <laughs> have natural <laughs> Tron. Excuse <Yeah>. okay. me."
0: <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so we got uh, we got the last of the gods to talk about here.
1: That's right. All these gods. Yeah,
0: I mean, Bullis is still there, but yeah.
1: Yeah, these, you know. <laughs> He's just a, he's a dragon god. These are god Eternals. There we go. Different. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so this is god Eternal Ronas. Ronas is coming back as a 3 of anything, 2 green, 5-5 five, five with Death Touch. Uh, when he enters the battlefield, double the power of each other creature you control until end of turn. Uh, those creatures gain vigilance until end of turn as well. So good. It's pretty good. <laughs> this feels like a card that can just end games. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're going to have a big board of creatures. Um, we definitely see uh, the Crater Hoof Behemoth. He is different, um, being 5 of anything and 3 green.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: he's 8 mana. Yeah, yeah. he's a 5-5 five, five of haste, um, but then when he enters, all of your creatures get plus X, plus X for your biggest creature.
1: No, they get plus X, plus X, where X is uh, equal to the number of creatures you control. Oh, right, yes, yeah. yeah um and yeah yeah like he has haste so he also gets the buff and he can attack yeah so that this card is three mana less um
0: you're going to be casting a big t- late game as well so i don't know it seems like more redundancy to me yeah you just have another card in there that can just like make your creatures bigger definitely um, and then if you only have like three to four creatures but if you have 10 10s and 12 12s <laughs> yeah double that's a lot of power coming in i think it's also great um if you have a way to abuse that etb effect so if you can blink, blink. yeah
1: yeah um, definitely we have
0: a 10 10 blink it, it's a 2020 20. or he enters sorry it's a 2020 20. blink it it's a 40
1: 40 yeah. yeah absolutely yeah and he and he does have the stock god eternal ability where yes. if he dies or is put into exile from the battlefield you may put it into its owner's library third from the top these gods are going to be tough to get rid of. They will be, yeah. Because even if even if you don't do that, you can and you're running it as a commander, you just throw it in the command zone, and oh, yeah. it's even tougher to get rid of. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so, uh,
1: how about some green instance? Green instance, yeah. The next card we want to talk about is Return to Nature. Now, this card is... Essentially, a better naturalize. And I've kind of gone away from running naturalize in my commander decks in lieu of cards like Crozen Grip, which hmm. is two in a green for an instant with split second and um, to destroy target artifact or enchantment. And split second is an ability that we don't see on many cards. Uh, I think it was from the time spiral block. Yeah, I think it's from then, so it's old. And um, if... It, it, a players can't activate abilities or cast spells unless they activate mana abilities while a spell with split second is on the stack. So it's, it's a very powerful effect because you can just kind of remove something with no questions asked. Nobody can do anything about it. Which, you know, I think is better than um, Naturalize. And I also like Unravel yeah. the Aether, which is um, one in a green. Uh, and you put... Target artifact or enchantment. You or you shuffle target artifact or enchantment into that player's library. Oh. So you know it's you know with with more like indestructible effects, like we can just sort of get rid of something and tuck it into their deck. You know, and it's 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 gone. But you probably, hopefully, shouldn't see it again. <laughs> you you hopefully shouldn't see it yeah. again. You know, and don't don't do it if they're playing like a tutor deck where they can search for artifacts and Obviously. enchantments. You know, it's I'm like just get it back. Idiot. Yeah, they're just <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> Experience is the greatest teacher. <laughs> so, return to nature is a one and a green for an instant. Choose one, destroy target artifact, destroy target enchantment, or exile target card from a graveyard. So, those first two seem pretty good. Those first two do seem pretty good. And, you know, like we've said, modal spells are good, yes. right? Options are good. So, there could be a scenario where you do want to remove a card from an opponent's graveyard and you know if you're running naturalize just run this card instead it's better because it's just better you have an extra option tacked on there why not you know um if i was running naturalize in any of my decks i'd throw this in there and you know what even though i'm not running naturalize in any of my decks i might put this in some decks you know, so that I think that's a pretty solid endorsement for this card. I might put it in a deck. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, but it is always good to have those options. There's sometimes a fringe thing that happens, and you're like, "There's this old that hits the graveyard for a second, and then goes back into the library. You can exile it on the stack and Ex- stuff." Right? Absolutely.
1: Like, yep. Yeah. Definitely. Those those pesky titans. Oh man. Yeah. So the next. Um, card nice we're going to talk about uh, a sorcery is a sorcery yeah is uh i i think this might be my favorite card in the set cool yeah I want you on this one i'm gonna i'm i'm gonna oh,
2: okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so this card is uh is an, another card in the finale cycle it's x green green for a sorcery did i say what it is it's finale of devastation just in case Search your library and/or graveyard for a creature card with converted mana cost X or less, and put it onto the battlefield. If you search your library this way, shuffle it. If X is ten or more, creatures you control get plus X plus X and gain haste until end of turn. This Oof. this card just Again. has like if you got if you have a green deck that wants to win with combat damage and wants to tutor up big creatures, utility creatures, this is the card. For that deck. Put Um, it in there.
0: There's no no question. Put it in there.
1: And I... You know, like this... Like, green has long been a color that has regrowth effects. Like, regrowth is a very old card in Magic um, that is the namesake for the effect of bringing a card back from your graveyard to your hand or the battlefield. And regrowth is one in a green return target card from your graveyard to your hand. Um, But this card lets you get... Get any creature from your graveyard or your library, and hopefully it's 10 or more mana, and you, you paid into it, and then all your creatures get a Crater Hoof Behemoth effect. You again. Know, like, again, like this, I think this card will win games. Also, if you search for Crater Hoof Behemoth... Oh, boy. That's... Uh, the bonus
0: we just talked about. That's
1: right. You're, yeah. You are sitting pretty. Oh, boy. Yes. I'm definitely going to be pre-order, pre-ordering some of these cards, for oh, sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The finale cycle, I love.
1: I love it. Yeah. Um,
0: I guess people who don't play Commander probably don't feel the same, but uh, when we get to cast these big spells that probably end a game, yeah, it's good.
1: No, I'm not loving the art on this card, but besides yeah, that, you know, yeah. I like it. De- yeah. I probably won't spring for a foil.
0: No, yeah. mm. eh, you got the like shininess up there and the the sunbeam, you know.
1: Yeah, the sunbeam will, will will look good. So uh, Nyssa's Triumph is the next card we're going to talk about. Sorcery for two green. Search your library for up to two basic forest cards. If you control a Nyssa Planeswalker, instead search your library for up to three land cards. Reveal those cards and put them into your hand, then shuffle your library. So normally with green ramp spells, we want to get cards. We want to get land cards onto the battlefield. Yeah. You know, And this card doesn't do that. But I think the fact that if you control a Nyssa Planeswalker, you get to search for any forest cards. You can get duels. Uh, you can search for any land. Right, any land cards. Any land. Yeah, which is super powerful.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, especially, like, in a land-based deck, you know, um, where you're probably going to be running Nyssa Planeswalkers because she's very land-centric. Mm-hmm. Um, you're just, you know, it's, it's just so much value for two mana
0: um the thing i like about that is because it's any like this card is like you were saying it doesn't go onto the battlefield so casting we don't have the planeswalker out is okay if you're casting this on turn two and getting two more lands out of your deck you're on a good path
1: oh yeah and you're not missing your land drops and if you have you know exploration type abilities yeah you want lands into your hand yeah you know so but if you have that
0: planeswalker search for any land we can get like lands like Buseju, and have our instant sorceries not counterable. Um, Or we can get stuff like Reliquary Tower if we need no max hand size.
1: Or Strip Mine if we have to get rid of a problem land. Heck yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Um, Moving on, we have a green artifact. Um, Goes with uh, the Vivian talk we've been having. Vivian's Arcbow. So it's one of anything and one green. Um, It has the ability of you pay X and tap. Discard a card. Look at the top X cards of your library. You may put a creature card with converted mana cost X or less from among them onto the battlefield. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order.
1: This card is nuts. I think
0: that's pretty nuts. You're in green. You have creatures. You know, pay five, pay six. You're getting a creature out of your deck Onto to the battlefield. And if
1: you are if you have, like, a Sylvan Library or a Miri's Guile or a Sensei's Divining Top, like, you already know, like, a few, at least, like, three cards deep what's oh, yeah. what's up there, you know? So you're just
0: like, oh, if I have, like, a two mana cost card, pay three, that's on the battlefield. Boom. I think this card's so good.
1: Yeah. Just if you're look. running creatures in green and commander. And, and if you're doing that, they have entered the battlefield triggers. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you can do that at instant speed. So we
0: can just, like, hold our mana up in case we need to do something else. And step bring out a creature onto the battlefield, which you don't do with many cards either at instant speed.
1: No, no, no these these effects in green are very powerful because they mimic what other colors can do, which is respond to things at instant speed. You know, well in green we're using creatures; the other spells use like instants and sorceries. Yeah. But you know, it 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 really evens the playing field in commander.
0: For sure, I like this card a lot. Yeah. Also, again, the art. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I want that foil.
1: So we've covered all the colors. Uh, We're going to move on to the multicolored cards that we want to talk about. Um, We already talked about Nicol Bolas Dragon God in our um, um, MTG News segment.
0: I think we can just touch on the art here as well. Um, Again, just like the colors spraying out from the edges and everything.
1: Looks awesome. His glowing eyes yeah it really does um like exemplify his like god status yeah you know it's it's a very cool it's a very cool card you know like i he's you know i like i haven't been following the lore very much of of what's been leading up to the war of the spark but um he is a good villain because I sort of want him to win. I sort of yeah. want all the planeswalkers that are fighting him to win too, but, but I kind of want him. He's like. kind of like Tony Soprano, you know? It's like <laughs> I, it's like the anti-hero, yeah. you know? I kind of like him. Yeah. So the first multicolored planeswalker we want to talk about is Tamio, Collector of Tails. So her static ability... Well, let's just read the card. She's two green and blue for a legendary Planeswalker with five loyalty. Spells and abilities your opponents control can't cause you to discard cards or sacrifice permanence. I don't know if that sentence has ever been printed on a card before.
0: I think we've had them separately. We've had
1: them separately, yeah. But those two things together, we've never had them. Yeah. Her plus one is choose a non-land card name, then reveal the top four cards of your library. Put all cards with the chosen name from among them into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. Minus three, return target card from your graveyard to your hand. So she's got a regrowth ability. Yeah. So that ability to protect your permanence from edict effects, sacrifice effects, is rare, Right. There's only a few cards that do it. Cigar to host of Herons does it. Um yep. Preserver from Rise of Eldrazi, which is a one in a green for an elf druid. Spells and abilities opponent's control can't cause you to sacrifice permanence. Oh. Wow. I think that might be it. that <laughs> th- that card's a one two or a one one. Yeah. Um so it's not very common. Um, there's a land from Eldritch Moon that stops you from disc... It's, uh, Nefelia Academy. If you, if an opponent, if a spell or ability and opponent control will cause you to sacrifice permanence, or, uh, discard cards, you can instead put, uh, some cards that you discard on the top of your library and, and discard some of the other cards. Um, I used to play that against, um... A friend of ours Nekuzar deck, but I'd oh, still yeah. have to end up drawing the cards anyway and take the damage, so it wasn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like, I I love this ability because it's so rare, you know, yeah, to for sure. to because if you if you have in, um, hexproof or shroud creatures. You know, edict effects is, well, and mass destruction is the things that you're most worried about. But you can give creatures indestructible. You can't give them protection from edict effects. Yeah, it's not a thing. And you can't protect your hand from discard. No. You know, like, so this is a very, very powerful static ability. I think think we're going to see this card... Just for that ability, you know? I think so. Like, that's where the value of this
0: card is. Because if you're looking to regrowth something, you're just going to play one of those cards, not a Planeswalker for that.
1: No, you're going to play Eternal Witness, right? Exactly. A yeah. Card
0: card's so much better. Um, her plus one is super awkward. I think this card really is just, like, mill four for plus one, really. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Unless you have a way of, um, like, a Sensei's Top or a Sylvan Library out there. Other than that, uh, yeah, you're just milling and four, really. Yeah. The chances, I'm sure, are just super low.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I really like this, like, again, for the static ability, but the rest of it is not great. Yeah. And then you also have to protect her. Uh, You know, with those other cards I mentioned, those are creatures, so it's not like people can attack into them, you know, so. But again, like, if you have creatures out there, planeswalkers are harder to hit with targeted removals, so. Absolutely. Upsides,
0: downsides. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good card.
1: Yeah. It's very interesting.
0: Yeah. Next up, we have uh, Tezzeret, Master of the Bridge. This card's nuts. I like this card a lot. I love it, too. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Tezzeret's great. Um, I do love artifacts. I have made
1: multiple artifact commanders. Um, And this is Tezzeret after he merged himself with the Planar Bridge, right? Yeah. Yeah. So.
0: um,
1: I get down with that lore.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we got Tezzeret here. Four of anything, a blue and a black. Uh, creatures and planeswalker spells you cast have affinity for artifacts
1: and what is affinity for artifacts
0: affinity for artifacts is um for every artifact you have in play the card you're playing is one less colorless mana
1: so so you could cast colorless spells for free if you had enough artifacts in play
0: exactly okay um if we have eight artifacts in play we can play ugin for free Yes, is like a uh, uh, original Ugin. Yeah, the one we were talking about before. Yeah, yeah. Throw him on the battlefield, exile things. That's insane. That's ridiculous. <laughs> like, That's,
1: we should do that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and wait, there's more. He has abilities. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> so he starts with five loyalty. Um, his plus is a plus two. Um, Tezzeret, Master of the Bridge, deals X damage to each opponent, where X is the number of artifacts you control, and then you gain X
1: life. For a plus that, two. That definitely plays on the affinity mechanic.
0: It does. Yeah. But that's insane. Again, you're, you're playing an artifact deck. You have like four or five artifacts out. Even when you play this guy, you're doming everyone for five, and then you gain five. And it's a plus two ability. Yeah. This card, I think, is really strong for commander for, yeah. Like oh, it's, yeah. It's, it's insane. Um, and then for minus three, we can return target artifact from our graveyard to our hand. Um, I guess cause his other abilities are so good. They don't want this to go to the battlefield. So you're like, you still got to cast it, but you have affinity for artifacts anyways. So like
1: you can put it in your hand and then cast for cast free. It probably. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably why they didn't put it <laughs> yeah. on the battlefield. It's just like, let's make it a little tougher. So they get the cast trigger. I guess.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give that a cast trigger. <laughs> deal are free as well. If you have enough artifacts out there, cause it's a creature. That's oh yeah. It's Planeswalker and creature spells. Yeah. 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 Um, and then we do have a minus eight. Exile the top ten cards of your library. Put all artifact cards from among them onto the battlefield. Decent. This is a final ultimate.
1: I wish I could run this in my Memnarch deck.
0: Yeah, you, you
1: know? <laughs> it's so good.
0: You're gonna have to choose a different planeswalker. I'm going. Uh, I probably mandarin. will. I yeah. probably will. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this card's so good. Um, I really hope he's not too expensive because he is the buy a box promo.
1: Well. It, he is the buy box promo, but I think they kind of learned from their uh, Nexus of Fate snafu um, because, I, like, you know, at six mana, I don't know if this is going to see standard play. You know, we do Are see there cards any... get
0: up there with uh, commanders though. Yeah, for commander pricing, we
1: no, we do. That yeah. definitely has an effect on the uh, the Magic economy. But uh, when
0: Firesong and Sunspeaker first came out, that card was twenty bucks. Really? Yeah. Wow. That was the buy box promo. But what is it now? Right? It actually has gone down to about five bucks.
1: So you know, that might happen with this because I don't think
0: I think this card's way more playable than Firesong
1: though. Yeah, but Firesong was a commander, right? And when a card is a commander, I think we I think that can affect yeah. <clears throat> the value. You, you yeah,
0: you're a right there, more. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, Um but yeah, if you could play this as a commander, like Tezzeret can be your commander. Yeah. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So let's move on to some multicolored creatures. Um, Feather the Redeemed, you know. Ooh yeah. The uh, the first Boros, um, viable commander. Why don't you? Uh, sure. Why don't you read what she does? Uh, so we have
0: Feather the Redeemed, one red, two white, uh, flying, three four. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell that targets a creature you control. Exile that card instead of putting it into your graveyard as it resolves. If you do, return it to your hand at the beginning of the next end step.
1: That's card advantage. Straight
0: card advantage.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In in Boros. Yeah. Never did I ever think we would see that.
0: (laughs) You can be playing pump spells and stuff,
1: and they will make sense
0: with this commander.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I think we'll be seeing a lot of of these decks in our local card shops. Um yeah. I think a lot of people will in the coming months. For sure. Um So just get rid of Feather. When you when you see her on the battlefield, just take her out. Yeah. Because if 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 the and you know the Boros players, when she take out their commander a couple of times, they're not going to have the mana to cast they're them not, again. No, yeah. no, it's over. <laughs>
0: um and then again, like I like how it's if you target any creature, not
1: just feather. feather,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. So if it's like a sacrifice effect, I don't know if like red, blue, uh, red, white has those, but it could be like a destroy effect or, yeah, or an so. exile effect. Like you pat the exile one of your other creatures, and then everyone, well, no, let's do um, swords to polishers so everyone doesn't get to search for a land for every single creature, you know, yeah, basic land.
0: Um, yeah, because you just get to cast a spell one more time.
1: Oh, it's only once more.
0: Yeah, so like you're casting I was thinking spell. of the,
1: like it's like, uh, you know, like, like Zeta, Hedron, no, Grinder. Yeah. yeah, So you get to
0: cast a spell on a creature, and then you basically get it back. You get that card back in your hand at your end step. End step, yeah. The next end step. So it's like if you're casting instants on other people's turns, you get them back as well.
1: Yeah, that's how you could really capitalize on Feather is casting yeah. those spells at, uh, during other people's turns. For sure, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, I think also, um, this again, going to Standard and Magic Arena... Uh, Boros Angels is totally a deck that we can see. We have Feather at the 3 drop slot, and then we have an Aurelia at the 4 drop slot, and then you finish it off with Lyra in the 5 drop slot. Uh, We're just curving into Angels that are flying, um, and then Lyra herself flying first strike uh, and lifelink. As a 5-5 and gives other angels plus one plus plus one one plus
1: one yeah.
0: Uh, (laughs) 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 Plus angels here we come like (laughs) good times.
1: Yeah I need to get that on a (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt.
0: We should make (laughs) Uh, t-shirts. On to my favorite card. Yeah
1: yeah. Hands down. Are you going to build a deck around this card maybe?
0: Yes. Okay. Straight up. I saw this card. I saw it spoiled before it was like spoiled by wizards um and i could not wait <laughs> just do
1: just do the land base first like do the hard stuff yeah and then get the fun cards you know like do, do, do the yeah. hard work yeah. yeah okay but let's get to the card
0: <laughs> um so he's a dragon dragons are awesome uh so we have niv mizzet reborn he's back he's back better than ever um i don't know what's happening in the lore because it, we did have him in uh,
1: ravnica that's right perrin yeah. Yeah. Nid made his appearance. So something happens here. Um, no flavor text to even tell us what could possibly be happening. There's so much text on there, man. Yeah. No. There's so much text. Yeah. Just make um, it make it like a 10 and yeah. we can put some flavor <laughs> text in. Uh,
0: I have to say, I have to get a foil of this guy. Uh, it looks like it's going to be awesome.
1: Yeah. He's like flexing. Hey? Oh, yeah. He's, he's flexing like, that. Oh, uh, like. <laughs> yeah. Like those
0: pecs? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so he costs one Wuburg. So one of each mana. That's right. And he's a 6-6 flyer. So he still has decent stats. Um, When Niv-Mizzet Reborn enters the battlefield, reveal the top 10 cards of your library. For each color pair, choose a card that's exactly those colors from among them. Put the chosen cards into your hand and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order.
1: And guess a a mechanic that you have in those colors is a blink effect. Yeah. So you can just blink him. You can just blink him And just keep trying for those color pairs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I think this card's awesome. Um, it's, I think it's also a neat deck rest- like building restriction. Yeah. Um, because you're going to want to have a lot of the two color pair cards in there so that when you cast Niv, um, you're getting like three to four cards from him entering the battlefield. Um, so it's a really fun thing to kind of build around as well. Um, this commander seems just like really fun, really great. He's still a 6-6 flyer, um, so he's still like a good creature himself. Um, yeah, and then we have all these cool creatures that we've just had. He can grab himself,
1: and then his <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the only thing you really have to worry about with, um, playing all those multicolored cards is Ravnica at war. Yeah. You know, and somebody just exiles all, all multicolored. That card's my bane with yeah. this deck. <laughs> yeah, But, you know, it's just one card, right? It's just one card. And they have to draw it. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but my, my excitement is through the roof for this card, um... After the set comes out, I'll probably start working on the deck and, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, that would be a fun uh, deck tech to do. For Ooh, yeah. sure.
0: Yeah, yeah we'll hopefully get that coming down, so.
1: Yeah, no, I love, um, yeah. I, I, you know, it's, it's really interesting when they do, like, five-color commanders often that the five-color restriction is, um, I think, supposed to be – a. Re- is supposed to be a hurdle, right? Yes. Uh, it's supposed to make it more complicated to cast that commander. But when you do a five color commander, you have access to green, mm-hmm. right? So it makes fixing very, very easy. So they give you a five color, a five cost commander, but the stats are automatically better. Automatically better. But it's really not that difficult in commander to get five colors on before turn 5. Yeah, you know. And <laughs> and the mana to do it, you know. So it's um you know. Yeah. Just it's 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 just interesting. It's just an observation.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, cuz like just put a bunch of those green ramp cards in there.
1: Oh yeah. Or like um you know what's really great in decks like this is bloom tender. Oh yeah. Which is uh I think it's from Eventide. It's one in a green and it taps for um a colored mana. Uh, for each colored mana among permanents you control. So if you control a five-color permanent, it, it taps for five. five. Yeah, and it taps for one of each of those colors. Yeah. So um, if you have all five colors on the battlefield, you can just tap and cast your Niv-Mizzet Reborn. And you're good to go. But I think Bloom Tender's like, I think it's approaching $50. It's climbing. Yeah.
0: I, I remember when we first started playing Commander, Card was
1: like 15 bucks. Yeah, I bought it for, I, yeah, I think I bought it for around 15. I might have been 15, a little 20, bit more. Yeah. 1520, yeah. Ugh. Needs a reprint. It does. Just, just reprint it. That yeah. should have been in the Mythic Edition. Oh,
0: there
1: we go. <laughs> Making <it> a Planeswalker.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh.
1: Okay, so we're going to uh, move on to.
0: I do have a little of a, a, a standard card here. Oh, yeah, let's talk really about good. that. Yeah. Um, uh, the Soul Diviner. Um, it is one blue and one black. Uh, it's a 2-3. Um, tap, remove a counter from an artifact, creature, land, or planeswalker you control and draw a card.
1: Can you also read the flavor text on that one, Eric? I like it. As the Eternal's cold fingers tightened
0: around his throat, Domri realized what kind of master he had rushed to serve.
1: Oh, man, Domri. You blew it. See you, Domri. <laughs> you done. <laughs>
0: Oh, boy. All right. So, yeah, this card, um, it's basically a tap-draw card.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just so you're going like to put it in a deck
0: that has counters.
1: Super powerful. Yeah. yeah. And it's a 2-3. It's it's, uh, you can leave it up to block, and then the end step before your turn, draw a card. Oh, yeah. You know, super powerful. Super powerful. Yeah. No. Um,
0: there's a salt high, so blue, green, black deck in standard right now. And this card just fits right in there. <laughs> it's a bunch of explore creatures getting counters and stuff. And like, oh yeah, yeah. So this guy is basically just tap draw card. I think it fits right in that deck. Um, great inclusion. Is that and that's a rare? That's a rare. Yeah,
1: that's a great card. Yeah, just that stat line two three for t- for, for two, two. mana. And then you're just just... drawing
0: cards from it. Yeah. So.
1: My goodness. Yeah. Well, let's move on to some sorceries. First one I'd like to talk about is Casualties of War. Mm -hmm. This card is two colorless, two black, and two green. For a sorcery, choose one or more. Destroy target artifact, target creature, target enchantment, target land, target planeswalker. So I think this deck is going to be a Golgari all-star. A black-green deck Mm -hmm. all-star.
0: If you're in Golgari... Run casualties of war.
1: Absolutely, straight up. It's six mana to remove five permanents, and hey, if all the permanents aren't on the battlefields, you don't have to target all of them. It's you know, it's a one or more option.
0: I think that's also one of the best upsides of this card is that you don't need all the options out there to still cast it.
1: Absolutely, because sometimes sometimes you just want to remove an artifact, creature, enchantment, land. Yeah, maybe there's not a planeswalker. But you, you can know? still do it. Absolutely, and for, even for six mana, that's not bad. Six mana for three permanents, still not that bad. Still good. Um, because that's what um, what was that X card, the um, finale, the black, oh, the, black fin- the black finale. Yeah. yeah, that was like six mana, remove three creatures yeah. with with three CM or four CMC or less. Yeah. You know? Um
0: One card for getting rid of three other cards
1: at least. It's good value. Absolutely. Ooh, this next card, I I really I I love cards like this. Like uh, you know, I've already talked about my uh, proclivity for Voltron decks, and this card is definitely a card you want to use if you're running a Voltron deck. So that card is Time Wipe. It's two, uh, two white and a blue for sorcery. Return a creature you control to its owner's hand, then destroy all creatures. Ooh boy. So you don't really want to put this in your Voltron deck if it's an Enchantress deck because then all the enchantments will go to the graveyard. But if it's an equipment deck... Slots right in there. No big deal. No big you deal. You know, I mean, you, it's kind of a big deal because you got to pay all those equip costs again, but <laughs> hopefully you have a reducer that it wasn't a creature. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this card's just great. Like, even if you want to... If it's just a very congested board state and you want to return your commander to your hand so you don't have to pay that pesky commander cost again and you can just get rid of all the creatures oh. you know it's just it's just great it's it's what blue white does best you know it's you know it's it's no um uh supreme verdict mm-hmm. but it's it's pretty good like it's if, got it, upside, if, so. if, if i'm running supreme verdict in the deck i'm gonna be putting time wipe in that deck you know I'll, I'll find a spot for it i'm not gonna it's not one for the other but it's definitely um a contender to go in that deck i i really like this board wipe i really like board wipes that even if they're not one-sided they do have an upside for the player casting casting it
0: yeah and even if you just have like a big creature out there you can still just return that cast your commander again with the commander cost but you're still getting rid of that gummed up board it's great
1: or a creature with an enter uh, a powerful enter the battlefield trigger
0: yeah for sure and
1: just do that again oh yeah yeah i like this card a lot
0: uh there is one instant to touch on in the multicolor um this card is good everywhere we have dovin's veto dovin's veto one white one blue instant this spell can't be countered counter target non-creature spell Every control deck, just run this card. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's negate with an upside.
1: No, this is going to see play in modern sideboards as well. Oh, yeah. Yep. For sure. Absolutely.
0: We're going to see it in standard with the Teferi decks. um, Because you just can't do anything about this. You can just say no to a spell.
1: Yeah, and we're going to see this in Azorius commander decks. Yep. Absolutely.
0: Yep. And then, yeah, like you were saying, in the modern any blue white control deck like why wouldn't you run this in your sideboard
1: and it's going to be a beautiful foil
0: beautiful yeah the uh dove in, in the background there with all the flames around it yeah like it's it sees pretty pretty oh, yeah. good
1: get it into a perfect fit right away because right it away. will curl
0: That <laughs> <My> new printing <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're going to move on to colorless cards that we want to talk about so the first card we're going to talk about is Firemind Vessel, and uh, Eric and I were talking about this card earlier this week, and um, th- this wasn't initially a card I wanted to talk about because I didn't think it was very powerful, and I've, I've since changed my tune on that, but Eric, could you talk a little bit about this card and, and why, it's really yeah. g- why it's really good in the commander format? For sure. So Firemind Vessel, um, it is a
0: four-cost uh, mana rock, essentially. Um, it enters the battlefield tapped, which is the one downside of this. But you can tap it and add two mana of different colors to your mana pool. Um, this is great because there's not a lot of mana rocks out there that actually tap for colored mana.
1: There's very few. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And this taps for any two different ones. So if you're running a two-color deck or higher, I think this card really fits in there right away. Um, even if you're playing this turn four, turn five, um, you may slow down a little bit. But then if you are color-screwed in any way... Um, This will probably help you out in the end.
1: Yeah. Or if you're only, if you know, in a multiple colored deck, if you're only drawing like utility lands, that's, that's happened to me in mono colored decks and I don't (laughs) have any colored mana. (laughs) Not that I would run this in those decks, but it's still a good example. It's a good example. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, For sure. So absolutely. Um, I think this is
0: going to be a commander staple. Um,
1: Oh yeah. No, like buy, buy this card, buy foils of this card because it, it will be valuable.
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, next up, we have the God Pharaoh's Statue. So this is a... It's an expensive artifact. Uh, it's 6 mana to get this guy on the battlefield. Um, spells your opponent's cast cost 2 more to cast. And at the beginning of your end step, each opponent loses 1 life.
1: Um, and it's legendary, so you can't have more than one of them on the field.
0: So, commander... For sure. We have one of everything in the deck. This is just a nice little taxing cost on yeah, people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of times in late games you can see people casting multiple spells. Um, this slows them down a lot because you cast the one spell, it's an extra two mana. You don't cast another spell. It's already four extra mana that they're having to dump into a turn. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so if you're playing like a deck that's kind of taxing people and stuff like that. This card is is definitely... I think it's pretty
1: decent. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. It does have a high mana cost, but... Uh,
1: but it is affecting the late game. Yes. You know, and, you know, casting multiple spells a turn is very powerful. And when we get into that late game, you know, turn turn 8, turn 9, you know, if you've hit all your land drops, you have a couple of mana rocks, like you have access to 12 or 13 mana. You know, with this, that really changes the game. But, I think so. But the player controlling this still has access to all that mana, and that's how you win games.
0: There we go, yeah. cast <clears throat> more spells. Um... Next one here is kind of funny. It's a very weird card. It's called Ugin's Conjurant, and it's just X. Just X. Just X. Yeah.
1: (laughs) For a spirit monk.
0: Yeah. The art's pretty cool. The monk does have Ugin's uh, horns there. Horns, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ugin's Conjurant enters the battlefield, X1 counters on it. What makes this card bad is if damage would be dealt to Ugin's Conjurant while it has 1-1 counters on it, prevent that damage and remove that many plus 1, plus 1 counters. So you can keep blocking creatures, but it's going to keep getting weaker. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's some really cool way of, like, having a lot of proliferate effects in a deck, or you can, like, double plus 1, plus 1 counters and stuff like that,
1: so... um, I thought this would maybe be kind of like a cool card in some certain decks. Maybe in the next set they're going to print a, like an enchantment sort of like in the same vein as Solemnity that mm. is like permanence can't have counters removed from them. Yeah. You know, which kind of shuts down Planeswalkers. It does, you know? yeah. Actually, that is my, that's that's going to be one of my um, premonitions for the future. So, mm. you know, if that happens, I want credit for it.
0: <laughs> and said here first. <laughs> Um, I think, uh, to wrap everything up, we just have some lands to talk about here.
1: That's right. Oh yeah. Blast zone. Yeah. This card is awesome. Uh, so, you know, in, in colors that, uh, like blue or black, um, and even green, we like don't have a ton of, of options when it comes to destroying everything you know like non-land permanence all at once unless we want to get artifacts like like um uh nevin Ural's disc
2: yeah
1: um but blast zone is a land and uh, it enters the battlefield with a charge counter on it you can tap it for a colorless mana and you can pay xx and tap it to put x charge counters on blast zone so when a, when a card has a double X mana cost, that just means you have to pay into each X cost. And so if you pay two into X, it'll have one charge counter. You know, if you pay four into X, it'll have two charge counters, et cetera. And the... Last part of Blast Zone is you can pay three, tap, sacrifice blast zone, destroy each non-land permanent with converted mana cost equal to the number of charge counters on Blast Zone. So Blast Zone always comes in with one charge counter, so you can't hit tokens. A little bit of a downside. A little bit of a downside. But you know, what's great about Blast Zone is because it's a land, it doesn't take up a slot in, you know, in the removal part of your deck yeah, Um, and it doesn't come into play tapped so you can tap it for mana right away and you know you can you can always use it as a removal spell and you can you can just get rid of you know and it's it's not X or less it's it has to be X exactly but I do think it's a it's a very powerful land um, just from the perspective of it doesn't take up a slot for something else in your deck so i i think we're going to be seeing a fair bit of of blast zone i think it might be a like a scavenger grounds you know i think so as well yeah just
0: because it doesn't take that slot in your deck um and then you can still like pay into x at your end step and then crack it on your main phase of your next turn i get rid of some stuff
1: i think if it came into play tapped it would be unplayable i think so yeah yeah
0: Because then even it coming into play untapped, we can still tap a fernana if we just need a land, which is still great.
1: Yeah. Um, Also, if it came into play tapped, I don't think there'd be enough room on the card to (laughs) say Blast Zone comes into play tapped. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, It also, as we were saying before, it's sometimes hard to remove enchantments, so hitting all non-land permanents is so good.
1: Absolutely. And if you're playing blue or black or red it's hard to get rid of enchantments. And usually the way that you have to do it is with colorless cards like artifacts or lands. So throw this guy in there. Yeah, just throw it in. Yeah. It's no big deal. Why not? It doesn't come into play tapped. Just throw it in, get foils, throw it in.
0: Yeah. All right, next land. Um, Probably just mentioned this one. We have... um, I think we have two in a row here that are going to be... Similar. Similar. um, Because they're both for... Uh, the super friends style of deck
1: yeah the first one is karn's bastion yeah uh karn's bastion taps for a colorless and you can pay for to tap it to proliferate and uh just uh, we probably should have said this earlier but if anyone's unclear about the proliferate ability all right is proliferate is choose any number of permanents and or players then give each another counter of each kind already there so this I think this this uh mechanic originally came out in uh new Phyrexia, yeah, which I was like the second infect. yeah, in fact, which was the second um our second trip to Mirrodin.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um yeah, I played a lot of limited during that, nice. that time. Um Jealous. It was, it was amazing. It was an amazing <laughs> set. I wish I'd bought boxes. Yeah. Um <laughs> Uh, but yeah, proliferate is a very cool mechanic that I didn't think they were ever going to bring back. Just because you can activate it and you get to choose any number of permanents or players.
0: So that's even like if you want to choose your opponent's permanents,
1: go right ahead. Yeah, you want to put counters on your and in Commander, if you want to choose your opponent's planeswalkers or or creatures and give them counters and say like hey i'm going to give you you know if i give you these counters will you not attack me on your next turn you know you're just making deals there like we go. so proliferate is a very powerful political mechanic as well yeah all the politics in there it's great yeah i really i really like this card and what was the other land uh, that's the other one similar? is similar interplanar beacon so
0: again super friends deck just in there right away um, whenever you cast a planeswalker spell you gain a life Uh, It does tap for a colorless, and then uh, you can pay a colorless and tap this to add two mana of different colors, spend this mana, only to cast Planeswalker spells. So these are two lands right here. We have a lot of Planeswalkers in the sets. These are for those decks for Planeswalkers. They're
1: for those decks, plain and simple. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one last card we want to talk about is Emergent Zone. I love the art on this card, by the way. I... Like we were talking about earlier, like, the orbs. I guess yeah, we both orb like orbs, you know, <laughs> just orbs destroying <laughs> things. Um, it it taps for a colorless mana, and you can pay one and sacrifice Emergent Zone. You may cast spells this turn as though they had flash. That so does cast spells. Yeah,
0: anything. I think that's really awesome because. If you have a turn where you just want to kind of hold up some mana, uh, I think this works really well in the um, control style decks. You can leave up your counter spells if anything happens, and then if you have a bunch of planeswalkers you want to play or some creatures, or maybe wipe the board for some reason, like and then this.
1: rebuild right then and there. Right. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Tap this. Play any of those cards. You can play this flash. Good to go.
1: Yeah, and you know we've seen this on other cards like Alchemist Refuge from. Avison restored which is you know taps for a colorless but you can play you can pay a, a green and a blue to tap it you may cast non land cards this turn as though they had flash um you know or like um what's what's that artifact that's very expensive now Oh,
0: Vodalken Ori. Yeah, you know. Yeah.
1: But the, you know this card it's it's sort of like the threat of that, you know when yeah. somebody has Vodalken Ori out you you just, you know, or like a Ley Line of Anticipation, you know that they can cast anything at instant speed. With this, so, it's like, I might cast something at instant speed. You know, it's like, hey, he didn't tap that emergence Zone for mana. Yeah. What's he going to do? All his other mana is untapped. What's he going to do? So pay attention to that.
0: Yeah. I think that's a fun, tricky little card. Um, oh, yeah. If you're looking for some other utility lands, keep this one in mind, because uh, I think it can do some fun things for you.
1: For sure. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Well, those I think are all the cards that uh, had interest for us. For sure. Yeah. From this set, obviously, there's a lot of other cards that we could spend
0: a <laughs> another, lot more time hey, talking, two hours about, talking about. Yeah. About it.
1: <laughs> um. But
0: uh, yeah, like we talked about a lot of the cards that are really gonna make an impact, mainly in commander. Right. A lot of the cards we didn't talk about are commons a bunch of the uncommons a lot of like limited stuff so
1: yeah yeah no i think this limited format will be grindy yes and therefore i will participate in it quite a bit yeah um and we can talk about that on future episodes for sure all right let's wrap up the show thank you all so much for listening on the next episode we'll be talking about my first commander deck we're doing a deck tech if you'd like to get in touch with us and let us know what you like about the show and what you don't like, and any questions you have for us, you can find us on YouTube at Turn One Soul Ring, on Gmail at Turn One Soul Ring The Podcast at gmail.com, and on Instagram at Turn One Soul Ring underscore The Podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Command Beacon. And Eric, do you have anything to plug? Nothing to plug yet Still not on the social media, huh? Yeah. You gotta get an Instagram account, man we'll, we'll be getting there <laughs> <laughs> um, So I periodically do giveaways on my Command Beacon Instagram account And I think we'll be doing monthly giveaways on our podcast Instagram starting next month So it'll probably just be packs to start out with But we might eventually do bundles or um, like supplementary products like um, the spellbook that's, oh, yeah. that's always a fun thing
0: Cool art and stuff
1: Oh yeah um yeah, thanks again for listening and uh we'll talk to you soon. Have a good night.
0: Turn one soul